What's up, everybody, and welcome to Two Old Souls. This is the show where we talk about the mu- the movies, Jesus Christ, the movies, the music, the shows, the people, and the memories that keep us young, all in an effort to answer the question that has plagued mankind since Murtaugh met Riggs. Are we too old for this shit? I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and with me, as always, is Andrew, and uh, that's that's who we are today. How are you today, man? You know, I could really use some cupcakes or some peanut butter cups right about now. I'm doing good, man. Uh, good morning so far. Hello, Washington. <laughs> I think we're pretty. Hey, man, remember that time we uh, recorded a podcast? Uh, that that yeah. was awesome. Hey, uh, was that your idea? <laughs> I think you're, man, you're deeper on this on this on this today's subject than I am. Um, I just want to do a quick, quick, real quick though. Uh, rest in peace. Shout out to Paul Mooney though, yes. who just. As of the recording of this podcast, just died a few days ago. If you don't know who he is, he did a bunch of spots on Chappelle's show. Super legendary comic. Uh, yeah, born out of the Bay Area for the most part, right? Oakland, kind of. Well, not Oakland born, but like I really think, Oakland yeah. native. Like uh, I think he was born he in like Louisiana, and then he moved out to Oakland. He was a writer for Richard Pryor. Yeah, he wrote a bunch um, of jokes for Richard Pryor. He really, kind of gave like Robin Williams his start and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, really funny guy really edgy stuff um probably even i mean of course by today's standards but mm-hmm. of course, and back by back then too so just a, uh, yeah. a trailblazer you might what they what they would yeah. call him. you might you might know him best by the line white people love wayne brady because he makes bryant gumbel look like malcolm x <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of great stand-ups even mm-hmm. up until like you know 2009 2010 mm-hmm. i i really i really enjoy his work um he reminds me of like a lot of the older folks that were in my life um yeah, really acerbic. Like he kind of just feels like you're like your grandpa, who just like the sharpest fucking guy, or just like your old uncle, who yeah. just smartest guy in the room. There's like a certain logic to mm-hmm. like the way he speaks, mm-hmm. and it was is very like representative of I guess probably his generation. Yeah, and, um, for sure. I like it. I very. love that. I love that kind of humor. And I definitely want to go into his stuff more after that. You know, after okay, I can send you some stuff. Oh yeah, please, please. Dig. Yeah. Yeah. I would really appreciate that. All right, y'all. So on the subject of uh, morning comedians, uh, we, yeah, we got a really, we're both really excited about this episode today. Um, so today we're going to be doing a kind of a, I guess, career retrospective of the one, the only Mr. Chris Farley. Um, if you guys don't know who Chris Farley is, uh, I really hope, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's really curious. Like I haven't talked, have a lot, had a lot of conversations with him about a lot with a lot of other people my age. But you know, Chris Farley was um, he was an actor and comedian uh, who came up in Saturday Night Live in the early '90s. He was part of that same cohort. I think him and Chris Rock got hired at the exact or at, at like the same time. But he came up with Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, David Spade, Rob Schneider. Um, I don't think I'm leaving anyone out. But that's who they were. That was that that sort of brand of 90s centric comedy um, others in there like norm mcdonald or yeah norm mcdonald mike myers yeah mike myers as far as like the yeah. quote bad boys of snl mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was like those folks yeah um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah so he came up there and then he sort of transition transitioned he did a couple of bit parts uh in movies and with with those guys kind of like how you know in the early 2000s we started having like the frat pack with like Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell and Ben Stiller, all those dudes kind of popping up in each other's movies. Like, this was kind of the early version of that or, like, a version of that. 
did a couple headline a couple of his own movies after doing kind of bit parts in like Adam Sand with Adam Sandler or Mike Myers in their movies. Um, but you know, then died all too young. Well, he was only thirty three, right? Yeah, same. I remember hearing him hearing about him dying on the news when I was a kid. I did too. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Hearing about him, and I wasn't, I didn't really know him by name like that. Mm -hmm. but I knew who he was for. I had his movies, so like, yeah. Um, when I heard about it, it was it was definitely. I think that was the first like significant besides like Princess Diana, which I, I was probably around the same time if I really think about it, because yeah, I, I must have been in about kindergarten. Oh snap! Yeah, he only he died nine days after my sixth birthday, so I was I was only in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, what like was the, it was in December. December eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven. So an accidental. He did it. It was a, he died of a speedball. You know, cocaine and morphine overdose. But yeah, I remember him and hearing about his death and Princess Diana around the same time. Those were probably the, my first, my earliest memories of of a celebrity death and everything like that. But yeah, I mean this. Dude, like, I don't really, really know really where to start. I guess it would be cool to kind of just go back. Let's start from, like, his later stuff and work our way backwards. Like, I think we talked about doing that before just to kind of end on, like, a higher <laughs> a higher note, I would say. Oh, yeah, ramp, yeah, yeah. ramp up to the Let's really good it. shit. So, um, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I guess, yeah, we could start with the death, I guess. Like, it was, mm -hmm. I remember just really enjoying him. I didn't really mm -hmm. know. I, he said I was probably in first grade when he died, so I knew mm -hmm. who he was. I was aware of Beverly Hills Ninja, and that's the only movie I had. But then once, but that got me into the other ones. Like my dad told yeah. me about the other movies he had, and I mm -hmm. ended up watching those. And uh, even at a young age, I love those movies too. So um, and I don't know. I guess just my attachment to Chris Farley was the energy. Like yeah, absolutely. You just mm -hmm. hear his. You hear the way he laughs, and you just you can't help but like feel warm i know i'm not even i'm not even gonna yeah and, i can't even do know, an impression but, of it like, <laughs> or like i think the best like one of the best ones was in um his appearance in uh billy madison where he's just laughing the whole time but oh when he's the one after example. after they steal the lunches like, yeah who would steal 30 good, bagged lunches yeah that's a good example of his yeah. um his warming laugh yeah but, uh, just a talented dude as i get older mm -hmm. I'd, I'd watch his stuff and you you can only see like we only saw a very small uh, amount of what he was. I think he was gonna be able to. Yeah, do this in his career. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we can talk about other folks. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about the stuff he was gonna do or was supposed to do, but for whatever reason, contractually it didn't work out. You know, we can go into some right. of that too. But yeah, for me. And that's always. Uh -huh. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say for me, my uh, f my first thing with Chris Farley was. I think I just remember two things. So I just remember seeing commercials for Black Sheep all the time on TV because I just remember I didn't realize it's because, like, you know, the boulder crush, like, runs into the house, so it's all the cabin, so it's all slanted. So I just remember that watching them, like, walking at an angle out of the house, which I always thought was really funny. But then, yeah, there was that time he guest starred on all that, uh, did the chocolate, the cooking with Randy sketch with Keenan, which on when you think about it now is, like, fucking crazy that that was sort of, like, an... an uh, Un unknowing passing of the torch because then Keenan would go on six years later uh, to join the cast of Saturday Night Live himself and he's still on there like he has well, the record it was only six years after that something like I mean yeah maybe like that, appear, uh, yeah, that all that appearance on, was probably 96 if I think about it so maybe six or seven years later yeah but Keenan joined the cast SNL by 02? Wow. 2003 yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah. I knew he was there for a while, but I didn't know he was there before he did Fat Albert. Fat Albert's like oh four, right? That, yeah, yeah. So I thought he, I thought that stuff got him onto SNL. Oh no, That's it was it was the other way around. He was already there. Like I thought he, 
made a resurgence in movies or he was still on the come up and i thought snl was the culmination of his like come up but i guess it is in a way but i i thought it was like i i, I remember now that i found out late he was on snl so mm-hmm. that's that's just me being <laughs> that's me being late and, oh no it's all good yeah you're right because it's a sketch comedy show and mm-hmm. um I don't even think Chris Farley was on SNL at that time, right? No, no, no. He was definitely just doing kind of his solo stuff at that point. So that was was just extra cool for him to come out there. And, I mean, if you look, like, he's literally just doing, like, Matt Foley as a chef. Like, who's – and for me, like, as a person who really likes ketchup, like, I really (laughs) – that shit resonated with me too. So he's just trying to get Keenan to put ketchup on all of his – all of the chocolate recipes and everything like that. I think um, in hindsight, though, like, I think with the sad part, you know, we talked about how he died. Mm-hmm. Um, that was around the time where he was making those really awkward appearances on talk shows like Letterman, mm-hmm. uh, Leno, where he is obviously on something. And yeah. I think there was one where he's wearing the coat from Beverly Hills Ninja, the pimp coat. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen a thumbnail just looks, of that. He's just very, like, obviously yeah. coked out. And um, he just yeah. does all these things. And he even I think he even mentions, like, he likes to embarrass himself or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. a really sad. Um, yeah interview and it's just, it looks like a very sad time like mm-hmm. you see pictures of him and and looking really overweight and i know like at that appearance he was probably bigger than usual and it just, yeah it, he was getting, he was that, getting up it, there it, it t- for me it ties into like that the the beginning of the downfall of his personal like life mm-hmm. his career was on a really good trajectory path yeah i mean no, he was like in and out of rehab and everything like that yeah. and so when yeah you, just re- you know we were just learning that stuff it it's hard for me to watch that all that um sketch because i it's a little awkward to me because of like where he's at and i don't know if like he might have been on the set like intoxicated mm-hmm. you know what i mean under in, under the influence that's true around that's a bunch scary. of yeah yeah and that's scary to think about uh-huh. and that's where you know it's like not you wouldn't call him a bad person but it's obviously like a, an issue at that point that's where we like not, you know like addiction is a terrible thing and, mm-hmm. um until until like look back and see how loved he was amongst his peers and like how they would all kind of remind him about like hey dude like maybe you should not do this or you should mm-hmm. do something else like people tried to help him yeah um and he had like that john belushi kind of syndrome i guess yeah that was that that was that dude uh, john belushi was another you know he was one of the original cast members of snl and right the dude who really put the lot he really put the live in saturday night live like just doing mm-hmm. crazy shit on stage and and everything like that so farley really patterned his that was his golden goose that was he's like you know that was he stands that guy super hard and, right. you know, really patterned himself after that and aspired to that. And they both died, I think, of the exact same thing. That was the, that was the other crazy thing. But and there's like even yeah. quotes of Farley saying like, "It's fine and dandy." Like, wh- like if I die like this or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, like there's there's really self-destructive things that mm-hmm. for someone who's a big role model to me that at least I could like I'm happy to look back on it and, and appreciate him, but also understand like this guy was a very flawed and hurt human. Oh, that's absolutely. That's the sad part about being like an actor or artist that a lot of these people are, you know, troubled. Yeah. And um, and it seems like he had a good life. You know, I read his biography, and but all the biographies are coming from other people talking about him. It's mm-hmm. not coming from him. So yeah. we don't really know how he felt about his life. And, yeah. and we, we just have to kind of judge it based on what happened. And, like, I have to look at it, like, in a real way that yeah. he didn't seem like a happy person. And um, mm-hmm. that's unfortunate because he brought a lot of happiness to other people. Yeah, and so. that yeah, absolutely. And I think that was something that really resonated with me too just going on this like mini deep dive all week like going through his movies yeah. and watching a bunch of SNL sketches and reading how yeah, he would just he was just always doing there's an A and I think there's an A and E biography 
piece on him called anything for a laugh and that's really how yeah. he lived like he would just do anything all he wanted to do was to make people laugh whether and he didn't really care what he had to do to do it whether he was like mooning people out out, right. out the window of a limousine and i think maybe he even actually like took a shit out of out of that window or whatever and whether it was the audience or even just his fellow his co-workers you know his cast members uh, his cast members slash closest friends at snl and it mu- clearly must have come you know i'm i'm we can only, again we can only really speculate but it really seems like it came from a place of very i think most comedians have this anyway they're comedian i don't think you can become a stand up comic without like yes there's there's a self confidence that it requires to do that but i think it also comes from a place a lot of stand up com- comedians or comedians in general i feel like a lot of them just have a lot of de- like insecurities and de- whatever you want to call it insecurities demons issues and like that's not a bad thing we all have that but i think like they use they, a lot of that fuels them creatively you know in various ways yeah, a, it comes from a dark place yeah um you know i i make music so i have a therapy session and i could say things that if i said them in conversation it mm-hmm. wouldn't maybe sit too well which mm-hmm. is why like i think a lot of comedians get flack for being like you know, people could call Dave Chappelle transphobic now. Mm-hmm. Like, could we really think Dave Chappelle's a hateful person? I don't know about that. Like, so you have, they have these platforms to say dark things and to say things that are on their mind and that mm-hmm. we all think, which is why we all laugh at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the same thing with, and it just depends on what you choose to use as your humor. Like, if you want to use social commentary or you could use uh, self-deprivation, like how Chris Farley might be doing it. He has yeah. a lot of slapstick comedy. A lot yeah. of it's about his weight. A lot of it's about his insecurities and flaws. He's like social, uh, awkward, socially awkward right. tendencies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and does it like contribute to the, the mental health of it if we laugh at it? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if he knows it's funny, but it's also detrimental to himself. Is mm-hmm. it bad? Is it bad for him if we're laughing at it and agreeing? You know what I mean? Like laughing he, with or laughing at. That's right? always Are that's we, always kind of the question and, here. And that's I guess like yeah. maybe what he struggled with on a yeah. very surface level. Yeah, and, or um, taking the piss out of it. Like you know, if right. you make fun of yourself first, then it's not going to sting as much when other people make fun of you. <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. something that I really kind of like relate to. Like I think I do have a lot of self-deprecating tendencies as well, and. Yeah, just that that part of him that really resonated with me. It's like doing stuff to in service of other people, even if it's like not hurting you, but like, you know, maybe even sometimes too much to your own peril. Like that kind of really hit me on a different level um, going through his work. But again, just seeing for a person with such a short who had such a short run, it's it's just it's all so good and that's such yeah. like the that's the tricky kind of balancing act of mm-hmm. it you know and and i guess like you know it's it's been almost 30 years removed it's been about 24 mm-hmm. years 25 mm-hmm. almost 25 years and um you know we've come i think we've come a long way in, as far as um accepting and being quote tolerable of things and i i don't know i think um i i, I don't really remember where i was going with this but uh <laughs> It had to be a mental thing, right? And like we're more aware of mental, mental health mental, and stuff. Like, yeah. just mental stability. He might have yeah. been mentally ill, but obviously something was wrong. And yeah, I think people did what they could could do to help him. But back then, it's a little more taboo. Like that could have been career mm-hmm. suicide to go into like to get mental help. You know? Yeah. And like like and and I understand like where that comes from. If you're just having fun and you're still able to get your your rocks off and doing mm-hmm. other things, then why would you ever seek help? And and if you're always happy and you're reassuring people, like there's only mm-hmm. so much everyone else could do. And um. Mm-hmm. I think just the taboo aspect of, of addiction and, and mental mental mm-hmm. health is a lot less now. And um, 
it's it is sad because now I I have to look at Chris Farley thing and every time we talk about him I always bring up oh what if he was supposed to do this he was supposed yeah, to do that yeah and absolutely like, and I always have this idea that it would have been better than what we got even though what we got was still, still excellent, pretty good like yeah. Cable Guy or Shrek like those yeah. are excellent movies I still think it would have been next level if they had Chris Farley yeah um, absolutely just because of his talent and yeah his long-lasting like effect of his short run yeah yeah yeah. there was there was like an incredible i don't there was just a sincerity about all of his about him you know like and i don't think and and, and something else with him too where uh, uh, opposed to other artists who have died young i don't know if i don't think his death uh adds to people thinking his shit is good or not like I think mm. just alone, people love his work. Yeah, I don't think his death had anything to do with increasing sales. It or did. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't it, give it like, like a boost. And I mean, it's different. To like a, yeah. an artist who might have died, and then like their record sales go up. Yeah, I don't know if that happened for Chris Farley. Could have, but I don't think that's why people like him. I don't think they look back and say, "Oh, he was the artist that died too young." I mean, mm-hmm. if you knew who he was, but yeah, it's like I think his work still. I, I'm still confident in saying his work might have been better than what we got. Mm-hmm. So that's a really that's, good that's point. That's why. I, that's why I say that is because his, that, his death doesn't add to the 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 lore of Christopher. It wasn't a life. shot in the arm, yeah, for sure, right. for sure. I feel that. Yeah. Let's, well, so we'll definitely get into sort of the the what ifs, the what might have beens in a little bit, but maybe we can just start. Yeah, we can start from the top, working our way down. If you want to yeah. just do that. Um, Cause I don't really want to talk yeah. about his death anymore. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Got it all out yeah, there. I think we we purged we yeah. purged that shit. So let's you know let's uh, let's yeah. uh, let's take a page out of the dragon the Bruce Lee story handbook. What she what she fucking say? She's like most people ask me how Bruce died. I prefer to remember him from how he lived as he's doing. Who says that? Linda, like when he's Linda is like does the ending narration when. Is it the real Linda? No, it's still Mary Swanson from okay. uh, Dumb and Dumber. Samsonite. <laughs> yeah. Samsonite. <laughs> Did he have a major role? I I've not actually seen this movie, so I can't talk about it at all. Is is he a main character in Dirty Work? Because I heard that was actually like his last two movies were Dirty Work and Almost Heroes, like that that came out. You know what? I've actually never seen Dirty Work. Oh really? Tom Arnold, right? I thought that was uh no, Did I thought that was uh, Norm Macdonald was the main character in that. Uh, maybe okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he did. I, I okay. can't say for sure, but it's never come up on like the. It's no not. One, it's like, not really part of the conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I would assume it's not a major role. Okay. But also, almost heroes never comes up in the conversation. That's true. Yeah. Again, so almost. You know, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I have to watch Dirty Work. I, yeah. I don't want to like. This is like an anger management thing with mm-hmm. Adam Sandler. Like I've never seen that one, and I ranked him. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to just put that uh, aside. Yeah. Actually, he's uncredited in Dirty Work, so he's probably a pretty small role. Or who he's knows? In the, I had a um. I had a. Uh, I think it might have been for Matilda. Uh. I don't know, but whatever it was, there was a trailer for Dirty Work. It made it might have been Tommy Boy or Black mm-hmm. Sheep, but mm-hmm. I just remember it's like him going like, oh, oh, and yeah. So oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that kind of Chris Farley thing that he does. He has a lot of yeah. like isms, like similar to how I was talking <laughs> about Jim Carrey in the last episode. Like, yeah. he's up there for me in terms of like rock star level comedians, and not just like stand ups, but I think yeah, in terms of like comedic actors. Because well, I'm definitely more of a... He wasn't a yeah. stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, was, was, a, more, he was an he improv was, guy. He was a performer. Yeah. Like, he was a stage yeah. guy. Like, yeah. Obvious. I think he even... Um, in the fuck, I forgot where he did, but wherever he was from, he was a big staple in that. I think he, he came up in Second City, which is, like, huge. Like, that's that yeah. was one of the... It's Michigan somewhere, I think. Uh, Chicago, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, a lot. He's from Chicago, ton, yeah. Tons of, tons of SNL people Wisconsin. came up out of that. Yeah. He's at least from, uh, he's from Wisconsin, I think. Yeah. I think he's a cheesehead. Yeah. I think so, Milwaukee or something, or Madison. Like yeah, Madison. There you yeah, go. and then uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, he he got his take in um Chicago, and I think that's where he knew um 
Who's the guy that does uh, Better Call Saul? Forget his uh, name. Bob, oh, Bob Odenkirk. O- Odenkirk. He yeah, did yeah, yeah. Very well. He's in the book too. So. No, yeah, yeah. Odenkirk um, wrote for SNL too. So. And he's a comedian, and mm-hmm. he's, he has okay shows. I like his stuff. But as far as like a leading man, it's a little hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's yeah. It's I think he's better as like a supporting dude. Like he. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, he was about he was supposed to play Michael in The Office. Like if Steve Carell didn't, if they didn't get Steve Carell, he was like second runner up. It would have been really good because mm-hmm. I mean the lawyer character in um, Breaking Bad is really good, but mm-hmm. he wasn't the lead, so I guess yeah. like it would have been a different dynamic for sure. Yeah, for sure. Steve, you can't. Okay, man. Like this is gonna get off topic, but Steve Carell's terribly underrated as far as uh, on screen. Uh, oh, dude. Guy I f- yeah, I feel that. So, I think he's always got his due as far as being good, but as mm-hmm. far as like conversations of greats he's not in the conversation ever and i think he kind of needs to be he should as yeah, far as could, like maybe yeah. his movies aren't that great but his effort in those movies are good like, yeah I, absolutely you know, it's he he steals it he makes like the yeah. shitty movies like he makes the chicken <laughs> shit into chicken salad that's what i know steve carell for <laughs> oh, nice i like and, that uh, like like uh dinner for schmucks like come on like when he's in it it's like oh fuck it's so frustrating yeah. that movie oh my god but <laughs> uh, we're not here okay we yeah we can do we can do a steve carell we'll put that we'll put that in the pot um but anyway yeah i don't have a lot a lot to say about almost heroes like i like you know it's it's all right i mean it's the bits aren't as it just feels hella cobbled together but mm-hmm. again i think we talked about that a little bit just because like people expected hella out of that being like christopher guest who's known for all those mockumentaries like waiting for guffman and uh, spinal tap and there's um mm-hmm. i know there was like some scheduling stuff with mm-hmm. it um knowing that it might have been rushed but mm-hmm. as far as like the negatives i'll i'll say uh it's a little scattered yeah um culturally insensitive for sure yeah it, well, so the, um, this, the premise of almost heroes for those who don't know is it's a great premise yeah i, like I mean it's it's clever as shit like yeah so yeah. it's this this guy played by matthew perry it takes place in like old olden america time so it's these two guys go uh are on a and on an expedition uh, on an expedition to try and beat lewis and clark to the to find like the northwest passage or whatever the it pacific, is so yeah yeah the goal is to see the pacific Ocean yeah. and claim it um, yeah so matthew perry is this really like they're going against mm-hmm. lewis and clark yeah so yeah. matthew perry is this like really like foppy dude and then but then he hires uh chris farley's character what's his name lance it's something hunt right not Lance Bartholom- Hunt. That, that Bartholomew Bartholomew Hunt. Hunt. Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing, or is he? <laughs> it's um, I forget. Uh, it's Edwards, uh, Leslie Edwards, and Bartholomew Hunt. Yeah, so yeah, Matthew yeah. Matthew Perry plays this guy named Leslie Edwards, and uh, Chris Farley is Bartholomew Hunt, who pretty much acts as like the navigator and the guy yeah. who's supposed he's like, to like he's like a Davy them. Crockett kind of guy or whatever. Right. He's supposed to be like who William Clark is, I guess. Right. He's right. Like, Why would you get me? Why don't you just get William Clark? Uh-huh. He's like, you don't think I tried? So he <laughs> apparently, this guy is known. Chris Farley's character is known as like he he's next in line, I guess, mm-hmm. from what he's saying, you know. Um, so yeah, I I and like the negatives. Um, I think Matthew Perry is the villain for David Spade. Absolutely. I mean, we just um, we need a sarcastic a guy. Dis- <laughs> it's a disservice to Matthew Perry because he does a really. I think he does really well in this movie for being virtually unknown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, he was still Chandler, was, but he wasn't really. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't really break into movies that. Like he did, he tried in the late nineties for nine, sure. Hold nine yards, and yeah. Shit, but this, like this was, mm-hmm. I liked him in this. I don't usually like him. He's always kind of hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fr- Friends fan. Yeah, um, but he is funny in this. Except 
you just can't help but think David Spade they should, yeah, could have done it. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. And I can see why David Spade may not have been available or he didn't want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he might have had some riffs with Farley, too, at some point. Yeah, um, they, that, that was that was a, a very tumultuous best friendship from everything right. I understand. And um, We'll get into that. But, like, the positives of it, I just I think it's just not as good quality as his previous flicks. Like, yeah. But, it, it, but to me, it's if, if that movie was made before, like, Tommy Boy or before mm-hmm. Black Sheep, it would have been... I think it would have been like really good. Yeah. Because, so just the timing in his yeah, career. Yeah. But I still think his performance in it was solid. And he oh yeah, makes for that sure. Movie good. And for everyone sure. in there, everyone in that movie does a good job. Like um. Eugene Levy, Eugene man. Levy's in it. He's French uh, as fuck in that movie. He's like French Canadian, like actually French. The Spaniard is funny. Uh, just everything they do, like, on like each one could be a sketch, and I think each part of that movie is funny. It just doesn't always. It doesn't come good. together. It yeah, it doesn't flow that well. Yeah, um, I feel that. So yeah. that, that's like the problems with it, just yeah. organization. And mm-hmm. like you said, for the guy who made it, like if you made Spinal Tap and you make this, it's like okay, it's kind man, of a, you kind of a dip. More, yeah. You don't have too many more chances. Objectively, yeah, it's not the best, but and I don't own it anymore, but I used mm-hmm. to own the VHS and I used to love this movie. Um, the one liners in it are really good. Yeah. Chris Farley, Chris Farley is almost more of like the common sense guy at some points. Like he just mm-hmm. kind of always has like the the best solution. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because he's the wilderness is, guy and stuff. So right. like, yeah, like he's the competent one in this, and which is funny, yeah, because usually he's kind of the guy who's in over his head and yeah, trying to just just trying to keep up with everybody else. There's that scene where like you know they go to the island and then he gives them all like that the bed and he gives them a whole bunch of treasure mm-hmm. and shit. Then like he tells Matthew Perry, oh they're they're not gonna kill us. Like I've arranged to give them a whole bunch of our stuff so they don't kill us. Mm-hmm. And then when they're when they're leaving on the boat, the Native American woman that they do have with them is like, you know, they never would have like done anything. And Chris Farley's like, I know that. I'm just not carrying all that shit all the way across the, <laughs> to the Pacific. <laughs> so like that's that's like the funny part. Like those little like nuances, I guess, in, those, yeah. in that movie, like <clears throat> could go easily overlooked. But I, I think those are great. So I'll definitely. It has moments. Yeah, I gotta. I should. I, I, I want. I should watch it, it again for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, so there goes almost here. Checking that one off the list, and then which yeah. then brings us back next to uh, Beverly Hills. Gem, I think. Yeah, it's I would gem. call it a hidden gem. And then uh, so that then brings us to Beverly Hills Ninja, which it's better uh, than Lost and Found. <laughs> oh my god, I used to watch that all the time with my mom. My mom was a big David Spade fan, I think, because she used to watch Just Shoot Me. So it's that's hilarious. Yeah, but I think it, it's an acquired mm-hmm. taste. Yeah, absolutely. He's not. It's not for everyone. Very very snarky but i think it's only because he's not good looking like we get the same level of like snark from like a fucking ryan reynolds and everyone eats that shit up Isn't but because how, like, because he's so like, like yeah as a ladies man too i know yeah but because he's so kind of like mousy looking and, and shit like that like it goes off it goes there's a different taste to it well that's why i like david's that's why I like joe dirt is such like a good movie for mm-hmm. him because it's like totally like not who he is yeah like, that's he true plays it so well yeah i like, fucking love joe dirt that, yeah. Bringing that attitude to like a shitty guy, like a, <laughs> like a, a, humble, guy, a humble guy, is actually pretty. White funny. trash, white trash. David Joe Dirt is white trash, Forrest Gump, like without the historical, historical stuff. But it's the same, pretty much the same thing. Like if you really look at it, but, Joe Dirt did. Uh, it's left much more of an impact on my life than Forrest. Gump. <laughs> it's alright, Joe Dirt too. That. Jesus. Okay. So uh, yeah, and that next that brings us to Beverly Hills Ninja, which is the story of a. Uh, a white man who he like he washes up on an island of ninjas uh, as a kid, and they think he's this prophesized white ninja. So he's raised in their in their monastery or whatever, but he's really bad at being a ninja. Then he gets his chance to prove himself. Went to this woman, 
asks for her help. I like the plot really doesn't matter that much to me. Um, so then he goes to Be- he goes to Beverly Hills and fish out of water stuff ensues. And uh, Robin Shu, aka Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat, is in it as his number two. Is like as the straight his straight man in that movie. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much all you need to know. Beverly, it's on Netflix though. So if you're interested in it, and if you got nothing to do, and if you're maybe a little drunk, check it out. And if if you have 80 minutes to spare. But yeah, there's something really endearing about this movie too. But I get I think, because the whole time I'm like, damn, like did like fucking the guys who made Kung Fu Panda just watch this movie and over and over again and decide to like, hey, I think we got something here. <laughs> I would make that argument for uh, Nacho Libre. So Nacho Libre is actually based on a true story or like a real thing. Okay. So yeah, um, there was actually a, I think he, I don't think he was a, maybe he was actually a priest in Mexico who would moonlight as a luchador to support the orphans at his church and actually was he white no 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 uh wasn't like wasn't the Jack Black character white he was half white half Mexican is how they justified it like threw it in there is like yeah like is that a is that more homage to like Jack Black's super super secret uh most influential person Oh, so actually it was based on a real guy named uh, Sergio Gutierrez Benitez, who was a Mexican priest, but he his real name was Frey Tormenta, at, which in English, I guess, translates to Friar Storm. But actually, I think that's where they got the basis for uh, for King in the Tekken games. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, okay. he was like, because that's the reason he wrestled was to support like an orphanage or something like that yeah beverly hills ninja dude like there's so many good bits and i think that's probably the biggest because it's a martial arts comedy i would say this was that's where we i think we the most mileage in his movies out of the uh like the physical comedy because i just remember like the bit with like the the burning himself on the cauldron and like trying to walk trying to walk on the rice paper and everything like that like yeah when he um like burns the scroll yeah, yeah, yeah. It's burning. Yeah, yes, I can it, tell. The words have been seared. <laughs> He's like, yes, I know the words have been seared into my soul as well. <laughs> oh, wait, but, sorry. Um, this is the legend it, about the sensei and the twin geishas. Also a good legend, but not the one we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, his physical, the physical slapstick comedy does go better with this because it's it's more necessary. It, yeah. There's just a lot of shit that happens. The and also you have Chris Rock like as a side character. Yeah, is, Joey the bellhop. Miles ahead of a comedian and funny than David Spade is. So like yeah. to have his little anecdotes without being like a real straight man to Chris Farley, like it, it's he's just kind of more of a doofus than <laughs> Chris Farley, but he still throws in like some common sense. Mm-hmm. So, but he's like blindly leading. He's like blindly following Chris Farley's method, yeah. and he's succeeding at blind. It's 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 a good um keep. <laughs> Keep side, it's a good side uh it's a good side story to the main story yeah. because opposed to the other movies chris farley doesn't have like a one one person that's guiding him like he 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 has like a sensei but he also has his brother looking over him yeah like, uh, he has he has robin shu like go looking out for him secretly so yeah. meaning that if something's about to happen his brother's in disguise somewhere and he pops up he pops and up like, and he does all the fighting for him and everything like that right. like, he never notices it until the end <laughs> you know that's so funny to me <laughs> Yeah. That's because he doesn't um, even have normal intuition, not even ninja intuition. You know, I could never understand what he was saying when I was a kid. I was like, what is he saying? Like, the Or the sensei? Yeah. yeah. I, it was too fast for me to understand. Yeah. Um, he has this, like, hushed tone. Uh, what I do like about the um, movie, though, it's a, it's a cool um, depiction of... Have you ever been in a situation where 
you're say you spend a lot of time practicing something right you just never feel like you're good enough you're always kind of failing and oh all the time fuck up. <laughs> but yeah. then when you actually go out and have to do what you've been practicing you actually do it really well mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe in our field it's a little more um yeah i see what you could, you're saying you could actually see it a little more than more often like yeah you, you know we talk about kids that we have trouble with yeah, yeah when yeah. you actually have to deal with it it's actually a lot more easy than you think it is because it's just you you're yourself... in you're just in the moment and you just have right. to rely on yourself and everything that you've learned and yeah dude that's that's actually so, super on the money that's the most like deepest commentary on beverly hills ninja i think i've ever heard right, yeah because look at like look at when he's at the when he's at the monastery mm-hmm. and he's just like you know fucking like, up he, all over the place he like, spills the boiling water because it's too hot he doesn't want to get the tattoo marks he yeah. gets them anyway but he can't hold them there yeah uh he fucks up the scrolls he, yeah he, uh, he, he spills he all the ashes. The... <laughs> Takori! He's gonna kill me! And he, like, rubs Master go. at the end and Master go. Shit. Like, So there's that, but when he's demonstrating in the hotel room to Joey, he's, like, flawless, <laughs> almost. And then until he hits the thing, right? Or he does something yeah. right. Dude, when he does that little roll back, I'm like, he's, like, actually, for a big, fat guy, he's, like, really graceful. Like, I can't do a cartwheel the way Chris well, he's Farley a, can. He's a football player. Oh, okay, that's why, yeah. Like, he's I can't a, do cartwheels like him. Like, he's, like, there's... Well, like, the, the viewers can't see it, but there's, yeah. like, in the book, there's pictures of him in, like, his rugby outfits and shit. Like, okay, yeah. Not, like, so he's really athletic. Yeah, like, he's, he's like, the, like, he's, like, the kingpin, you know? Like, everybody thinks... Like, in this, yeah. in this picture, like, in this boat. Like, yeah. it's not, like, a... He's nothing like those SNL pictures, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even t- like I don't even know if you could tell which one is him in that picture. Yeah, so he's like the kingpin because everybody thinks like the kingpin's just this fat guy, but like no, nah, he'll fuck you up. Like there's Look muscle the under the one. fat. Look at that badass. Okay. Like he's not like when you look at him, it's like where did your insecurities come from, man? Because you're like a you're a pretty good looking guy. You look active. You got kids following you. I like, will say he had you know very I mean? striking eyes. Like they kind of just pierce into your soul if you look like yeah. They're very soulful. <laughs> Admit, like, but that's would, probably what sold the performances for me so much. I would kill to have a friend like that. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm sure, and I'm sure, like a lot of people who were friends with him loved him. So, like, okay, I, I don't want to get into all that. But mm-hmm. so that's what I get from Beverly Hills Ninja the most is you know you could practice and you could always never get validation, and then once you go out and actually do it, mm-hmm. and you do get validation from real life results, whether you're being helped or not, like mm-hmm. it's it's the results are there because of how much you it's it's in you the, the words yeah. have been seared into his soul as that's, well so. that's literally actually that's literally what fucking kung fu panda that's the same exact i'm convinced now that kung fu panda just ripped off beverly hills ninja because that's the same moral like there is no secret ingredient like the secret ingredient is just you mm-hmm. like so yeah that's there you big. go that's a big message so they dreamworks to, they made secrets they made sequels to kung fu panda yeah because mm-hmm. that's a message that you have to keep on passing on like mm-hmm. you know you have to keep on giving that message out there and i think um all his movies kind of have that message in it too. that's true yeah especially because he is always kind of like the the underdog that nobody expects anything out of you know yeah, yeah. which actually, actually yeah maybe that's why it resonates for me so much it's just like kind of like like uh what's the word i'm looking for here like uh transcending there you go like transcending like your circumstances or what mm-hmm. not only what people do or do not expect out of you but also like what you really expect out of yourself and everything yeah. like that yeah mm-hmm. you exceed your you'll exceed everyone else's expectations before your own yeah in reality yeah and, um, damn that's that, that hit me right where i live man <laughs> well put well said i got yeah that's not too much again Beverly hills ninja really speaks for itself like it's it's not a huge investment of time it's a it's a fun watch just, just check it out on netflix i guess i mean yeah. secret sauce would i would say chris rock mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't know about you yeah my um, friend's always like i'm one of them i'm like a tangerine belt, col- yeah. one of them citrus <laughs> colors you know what i mean and then he does his chris rock hands 
I know I've said that to you a couple of times. My favorite, together. my favorite line is definitely like, "Keep practicing, Joey, and someday I promise you will choke that chicken." <laughs> you look like a pimp. Ah, yes. Thank you. Anyway, and as a pimp, I will blend into Beverly Hills like MSG and miso soup. <laughs> I guess like Chris Farley is really good at like just like you said the the physical stuff. So mm-hmm. a big part of it, big a big one that always stuck out to me was when he's trying to find sally jones or allison page in in mm-hmm. hollywood and he like goes and he like sally sally jones and he pulls the person and it's a man like, oh but it's like it's a guy with the purse and long and, hair like fabio yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's, and his face like he goes whoa and mm-hmm. you look like my friend but so far you look like her i mean i mean him but up close you don't look like either of them they are <laughs> twins and this is nice like he it just it was so awkward but he played it so well and yeah and, and when he steps in the shit too, like that just made me, you know, there's a whole bunch of sh- mm-hmm. small things in that movie that <clears throat> just kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that the just real quick? Did you know? I didn't notice this until recently, but because so fucking what Martin Tanley's number two guy, the guy with the goatee. Did you know? You know who that sub-zero, is, right? Yeah, the sub Sub Zero's brother in, in Mortal Kombat <laughs> and Reptile. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know? Um, I think there's another cameo in there somewhere. Uh, might just be the music. It sounds like a, Mortal Kombat. I think Kombat. there's like some there's, there's some musical like, elements in there. Yeah. there. Like they use the, some of the. Well, the main stuff. the main like Haru's I'm gonna just call it Haru's theme. Like just sounds like Mortal Kombat in like a more major key or something. Dun 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 dun. Came out. Came out the same year. It probably came out the same year as Annihilation, at the least. Yeah. I'll check out Robin Shoes. I think it's the same studio too. I think it's both. New Line. Maybe. I'll check out Robin Shoes. I'll check out Robin Shoes filmography. Let's see. Mortal, yeah, he did. Mortal Kombat Annihilation came out first, and then Beverly Hills Ninja, but they were both 97. So that was a good year for Robin Shoe, I guess. Robin, I mean, Beverly Hills Ninja is definitely the better movie. <laughs> so at least Sony, yeah. TriStar. Yeah, sure. Oh, it's not New Line. Okay, nah, never mind. No. But directed by Dennis but they Dugan. Both got, but both of those guys got into that movie. Must have mm-hmm. had some of the same. They're probably yeah. the same agent. Yeah, probably. It was directed by the same guy who did Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy. A lot of they he did ultimately just did a lot of Adam Sandler stuff. But yeah, that's like you a lot they worked with a lot of the same writers and directors and because you know, I think probably just kind of through referrals, but a lot of the writers were like SNL people, like mm. for for the next two movies we're gonna get into. Any any other final thoughts on Beverly Hills Ninja? No, but other than like I didn't revisit it for a very long time, uh-huh. uh, it wasn't ever. It wasn't like my favorite, but when I go back and watch it, I really enjoy it's it. It's endearing, uh, yeah. It's really yeah. actually much more, yeah. Now that you really think about it, like because it's also, I mean, in as much as that he does have like supporting characters, he's really kind of just the main guy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not really. It's not a buddy comedy, which is what right. I think we think of him most in terms of. It's like a. It's an action comedy. Movie, yeah, it's like I a. Think. So it's and, like um, a starring. It's more just like a starring. Uh, the ex- headlining like the vehicle. It's like his version of like Lethal Weapon and those kinds of movies. Like mm-hmm. he had to, I don't want to say Rush Hour, but like it, it's it's like in between Rush Hour and like his usual comedies. Mm-hmm. It was like a step. In, it was like a in the area between like yeah, you know the the like the movies like Tommy Boy, Black Sheep mm-hmm. mixed with like a Rush Hour. Yeah. Not as action packed as Rush Hour. Not, not as like, not as like not as like comedically written as um not as much wit. I yeah, guess, it's as not as is, sharp you know, of a movie, but again, I think like the the character is just so again sincere and earnest and shit that you're you're rooting for him the whole time, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got a plane coming over. That's coming in super hard, dude. Like super, super. Uh, I mean, I live in the same 
area, so I hear the planes all the time, but that's cool. Yeah, I was just waiting to see when that would die out. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so shall we move on further back, back into time? Yeah. So we are about to get into... Yeah, so now we're getting into probably the two most well-known movies of Chris Farley's career as far as like a leading actor goes. So this one is 1996's, yeah, 1996's Black Sheep, uh, which I believe, let's see here, which stars him and David Spade from SNL, uh, directed by Penelope Spheris, who I think is best known for directing Wayne's World, actually, and written by Fred Wolf, who was an SNL writer. Um, okay. This one had a really weird production history, and I think it was the the script was only the movie was greenlit when the script was only sixty pages in, and Paramount was actually kind of strong arming. They contracted Chris Farley for two movies or something like that. So there's a lot of drama with like Paramount and like Lorne Michaels, and they just wanted because they they felt that they didn't promote Tommy Boy enough, so they just wanted to like make more money off Chris Farley, basically. So they really rushed this into production. They weren't sure that Tommy yeah. Boy was going to be as 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 much of a hit that it was. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. So that's why this one really feels case. yeah. This one really feels cobbled together it for feels, sure. It feels rushed, but I did. yeah. Okay, I know I in my in the polls before we get to the polls, I put that mm -hmm. as like my favorite, but I don't really like it more than Tommy Boy. Yeah. Um, I just did that to be. Wait. To you wanted to be the you wanted to be the guy to, who said Plus it. I just wanted to like you know give it some of the shine that I think that yeah. people will overlook. But there is there are Tommy parts Boy to this movie sure. to like. Yeah, you can't say it's better than Tommy Boy. Come on, yeah, man. Tommy Boy's. Uh, once we get there, we could do a whole we could do a whole episode on Tommy Boy. It's we, like if we really wanted. I mean, for me, it's I like could. yeah, I could do a solo podcast on Tommy Boy. Oh damn, okay. <laughs> I was we'll going to wear my Callahan auto shirt today, but it's a little hot. Oh, I forgot you had that. Yeah, um, That's great. Yeah, no, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Black Sheep to me yeah, is kind of like the way I think of it, and we'll talk more about Tommy Boy at length once once we get to that point. But Tommy Boy is like Sprite, and Black Sheep to me is like Sierra Mist. Like it's still pretty good. It's not as good as Sprite, but it's still pretty good. That's just me because my other great love in life besides ketchup is lemon lime, lemon lime soda, <laughs> apparently. Yes. Um, so Tommy Boy is the story of uh. Mike Donnelly, that's Chris's character. Uh, we're Black Sheep. Oh, Black Sheep. Shit. Sorry. Thank you. So Black Sheep is the story of Mike Donnelly, Chris's character, and uh, him and uh, Steve, played by David Spade, and they are trying to... So Mike's older brother, Al, uh, played by Tim Matheson, um, who is running for governor of Washington, and Mike's just trying to help with the campaign trail, but he's just, like, clumsy and... And stuff. That's a really. That's really all he has going against him because he's just a. He's a really good guy. He's just accident prone. I think that's like his only real flaw in the movie. Um, but they. It's kind of like. Uh, then it reminds me of like Malibu's Most Wanted because like the campaign d directors or whatever the campaign managers for Al want Mike out of the way so they. So Steve is tasked with just keeping him out of any major events to not fuck anything up and. So and Tay they, Diggs and yeah. uh, David Spade have played similar roles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Give me a ride, punk, or I will dust your ass, biatch. I guess I'll just start off with Black Sheep. Like, I'll I'll give the reason why I like it so much mm -hmm. is because um, I grew up with it. it yeah, this is TV. the one I've seen the most. I've seen right, Black so Sheep the most. I used to get the movies mixed up. Mm -hmm. um, so I used to just always like Black Sheep for just growing up with it. And nowadays, I think it has some kind of relevancy because of, like, the dirty politics. Oh, tactics. yeah. Now, like, that hit me on a different level now you know, with fucking Governor so Tracy. Yeah. There's some, like, social commentary, too. It's very yeah. subtle, but, like, there's some stuff that, that gets mentioned in this mid-'90s movie that's still very relevant today. And, like, you know, he 
but he does things like you said that that are very detrimental to his brother's campaign total like, a- mike the, al donnelly total ass <laughs> the three the the two ones that i see that like the most was the um i'm not even gonna count the fire the rex on fire like that's obviously <laughs> that like, was not his fault up. yeah that but was, the the drug that. the one with the drugs because you don't yep. even really see it yourself the way they portray it is like you don't really know that he's against it but he sees kids drinking and smoking oh yeah he goes over there and does like a little spiel like he's with them and they yeah. catch pictures of him like holding the stuff uh-huh. but then when they walk away you hear him slam the ball and he's like oh this is horse shit mm-hmm. so then like it comes out that he was actually giving them a motivational speech like, yeah he totally he was foley. he was trying to do a mat yeah he was doing he was, he was even doing, doing the matt foley squat and everything like that right it's his it's his gestures and, uh, and everything so like so he was doing an anti-drug thing to the kids mm-hmm. but it gets in the paper as he was supporting dude them. spin yeah right he keeps getting and, um, the photographers are all all over it yeah and then my favorite one is when he's uh smoking with the the, band the, the, the rasta band the reggae band and, and he's like you know empathizing about you know white privilege and shit yeah he's like that's i'm the oppressor i'm the oppressor <laughs> like, man that sucks that and then he gets sucks. up on stage because like he he goes up he wants to see his brother at mm-hmm. the concert and they think he's his brother so they throw him on stage oh, to do yeah, the yeah, campaign yeah. speech and he's like and he ends up yeah. going like on the thing he just says he, he ends up seeing his black friends he goes oh, yeah. yeah yeah i got you kill whitey that's the first time i ever heard that phrase right. <laughs> and like and that just shuts down everything yeah and um and that's bad for a campaign but you know he's he's saying it in, in i was gonna, he's an ally he'd be called, he because mike yeah. mike say what you will about mike donnelly but he's an ally <laughs> that's so and he's like the purest guy you'd want on your team but it's yeah. like maybe not in the maybe not promoting your shit mm-hmm. like it's just you want him to help but you, you know to your point but also like it, it also uh is good commentary on how people um or how media spins um politics and campaigns yeah, and, yeah absolutely you know, there so there's there is and, there is commentary there that i don't think like that's like, easily overlooked yeah I think. I think i heard that the fred wolf the screenwriter i think he wrote the movie in like three days or something and it does feel oh, wow. very very rushed and shit Impressive, and I think, though. Yeah, but yeah, you can tell. I think so. Maybe he was one of the guys in maybe maybe in his time in SNL, he might have been one of the people focusing on like the the more political humor. Um, I actually learned there's actually a really dope book too that That's I recommend. Correlation. Yeah, it's a really good correlation. Yeah, made. there's a really dope book that I read recently called Live from New York, and it's like the whole history of SNL up to like 2014. Mm-hmm. So I actually learned that one of the one of the most famous writers to come out of that show is a guy named Jim Downey. But he's a- Jim Downey, and he's actually Robert Downey Jr.'s uncle. Like, if you think of all like the hard, like the best like political stuff they ever did, like in the '90s, like all the George Bush stuff and the Ross Perot stuff and the Bill Clinton stuff. That's all. That was all him. That makes sense. That why they would go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And and uh, '96 was that an election 90- year? Mm, no, I mean that way. No, no, no. Yeah, that was probably Clinton's second term. That's four. Yeah. yeah, that's four years before yeah. the 2000s. So, yeah, 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 that's an election year. So that's. It makes like when you put it in context, it's not as like. It doesn't feel as random. It's, like it's, what? It's the, almost why like this wrong. Movie? It's almost wrong to compare it to the predecessor because it's not a sequel. But it's also like, but it's all, but it is almost it's universe like because it's the same setup almost. It's yeah. The same, uh, it's premise of like buddy comedy two guys and, and yeah, it's the same two guys at best, and it's the same dynamic. Yeah. And but it's just two different characters in a different universe, but it's yeah. essentially the same. I guess the same arc, I guess, kind of thing. Same character arc. Uh huh. Because he is just trying to help his. He just yeah, like Mike. Mike's a good dude. Again, he just really like you know he cares about his job at the rec center and everything. I liked the scene of him playing football with the kids because it kind of reminded me of the dodgeball scene in Billy Madison, (laughs) but he's just like hello, just like juking people and yeah, everything like that. Yeah. 
And then, uh, of course, Gary Busey. Is How, a big that's part the of secret, why I like secret, this movie. secret sauce. Let's just give it yeah. up to Gary Busey. Is this before he went, before his accident, before so, he went like all so, weird? Okay, I, so I do have I'm some sure. context there. So okay. I did have somebody, uh, Brennan on Instagram wrote, wrote in, gave me some context. Uh, this, he said this was actually after his accident. Uh, the motorcycle accident, apparently. Right. So I didn't really yeah, know yeah. about this. So Gary Busey was in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, and it, like I think it gave him some like brain damage like, or something. Yeah. Or he, uh-huh. something happened to where he couldn't. He wasn't performing the same. It was on the Surreal Life. I remember, oh, whatever okay. it was like yeah. the, that VH1 show that he was on. Yeah. And I remember learning about it like that, and I was like, okay, that's why he's a little kooky, like a little weird. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think I think um, <clears throat> what was it? Uh, Deep Impact. Point Break? Are you talking about Point Break? Point no. Break, yeah, Point Break. Not deep. Why am I thinking of Van Damme movies? Oh, he's good in Point Break as a Ke- well, yeah. Keanu's like Keanu's superior. Utah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like yeah, that, but I think that's prime Gary Busey. That's like not him. I mm-hmm. think that's before the accident though. So, um, yeah. So for that, to, I guess for that context too, and he's kind of playing like a, a, a oh nineteen nine nineteen eighty eight actually. Oh shit. Okay. okay, so Point Break was even after the motorcycle accident. Oh, yeah, shit. permanent brain damage. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for him to play, like, a guy with, like, obvious PTSD is, like, kind of interesting. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, th- so I felt about Gary Busey, like, again, as a kid, you don't really have a concept of, like, oh, these are actors. <laughs> so, you probably know where I'm going with this. So, watching. I thought that was really, like, yeah. who he was. Yeah, watching watching Black Sheep, watching his character in Black Sheep play, what, Drake Savage, right? Like, so he plays Drake this Savage. kind of, like, ex, r- kind of crazy ex-Vietnam vet who crosses paths with Mike and Steve throughout the movie. apparently <laughs> that 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 like those little details to me are like really important as far as characters i think this movie had really good characters mm-hmm. maybe the plot like like I, I i would say the secret sauce is between the governor and uh oh, the bad guy governor yeah Tracy? the governor yeah the, and, the, um, the mom from richie rich yeah yeah and uh and and drake savage Gary yeah. Busey. so i i would I would, I would give him more to Gary Busey, but she's a close second. She gets the she gets the one fuck in the PG thirteen. They gave her the fuck. That's a big it's honor. About the drink, right? Like, Something like that. Yeah. Are you gonna keep stirring that fucking drink? Or yeah. <laughs> like her shit. Like like when she was doing stuff like that, that made me laugh. Like yeah. she was really good making that character funny. Yeah. That character could have easily been not funny at all. She it is she is a more fun bad guy compared to Tommy Boy. I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially for like Rob Lowe, like that. It was very underwhelming, Rob Lowe yeah. and Tommy Boy, for yeah. me at least. Yeah. I don't think I. I don't see Rob Lowe as like Rob Lowe in that movie. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that, that could have been guy. just any anybody. Yeah, could have been Matthew Perry for all I care. Uh huh. <laughs> Good night, Mike. I was thinking that. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. I always say that to like my friends that I don't see. Oh, yeah. long, so. oh here's the here's the line. Newschwander, are you finished stirring that drink, or is this some kind of fucking science experiment? <laughs> It's actually really funny. <laughs> exactly, because like he is stirring it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny that she points. Like, I don't know. Like to me, mm-hmm. that makes like the situations relatable mm-hmm. because you see that happening in very tense situations, yeah. and you're like, "Can you fucking stop that?" Or you, know, you <laughs> want to say something, and you know, I, 
I think that's good making it relatable mm-hmm. as far as like an unrelatable character. I don't know what it's mm-hmm. like to be governor. So those are the like mm-hmm. emotional like ticks. I think are good. It's a lot for of pressure. I was another. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's a lot of really. I think this one is. I mean, they all have like moments of him getting hurt, but like the ones I think about are the most in this movie. Like, the stuff that happens in this movie just looks the most painful to to Mike when he falls down, just constant falls down the hill for like a straight minute. He falls down the whole mountain. He <laughs> looks back up at it, and it's what like a fucking, he's like, "What the hell was that all about?" <laughs> Thank you, little roots. Please stay have strong. Played, um, have you ever played Grand Theft Auto Five? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know you you you've like fallen down the mountain. Yeah, before, it just right? keeps the ragdoll physics just keep like, going. I've fallen all the way down the shit, and I every time it happens, I'm like, "What the hell was that all about?" <laughs> like that's how I feel, and because it's yeah. it's annoying. Like, you can't yeah. stop it. Yeah. Like, the thing about that game, you can't control the character when they fall. Like, no. Every other game in the universe, you kind of control how they get up. But mm-hmm. this movie, like, or this game, it's yeah. like, you're, <laughs> until you're in vertical base, yeah. you actually, have no control. Actually, yeah, I think the reason I love this, I actually love the, the physical comedy the most, I think, in this one. Just because there's, like, the, because maybe because I've seen it so much, but it's just, everything's just so funny. Like, the, where they're trying to get the bat out of the, the house. And he like when he he thinks he traps it in the pot and he opens it, <laughs> no but he points it way. he points it right at Mike. <laughs> you can't catch a bat with a pot. And then like he's trying to hit him, but then he, and then he just starts kicking him while he's down. But um, he must be hopped up on crack cocaine when he meets the uh he's he's giving out the the pins to the old couple. In the yeah, when, when he yeah that's when because so, that's yeah. that's the funniest shit to me because he. He cartwheels right in front of them, but he comes yeah. in from out of frame. <laughs> it's just like in Mortal Kombat when Johnny Cage is fighting Scorpion, and he just he does the same thing. He ca- he cartwheels into the into the shot. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's really really um, strong. A lot of really strong slapstick, dude. And when he like when he's uh, high at Rock the Vote, and he just dive bomb slip and slides on oh, the stage, God. and you just yeah. see him like he stops immediately. Like his fucking nipples must have hurt so bad or after when, that. Or when he's just like pacing, and he does like the. Yeah, he just like does his like headbang thing that he yeah. does. Like, it's fucking, it's it's amazing. It's a lot of energy. Like, yeah, I can see why he he was known yeah. to just be pounding coffee. Like the Matt Foley thing, apparently that was real. He would just drink hella coffee before he had to perform. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. If you're on heroin, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're too. Gonna drinking, you're gonna be drinking coffee all the time. Yeah. Man. So I think my favorite bit might be though ultimately the the uh, the voting booth scene where he gets stuck and it topples over, and he like. He bursts out and then he like punches into the booth to rescue the old ladies. <laughs> but there's also the part where like at the end where he falls on top of the the governor. No, oh, yeah, like, that was well, that was very. I was like Naked Gun did it first, so I would okay. I'd probably like it better if if yeah. Leslie Nielsen didn't do the same thing with the Queen of England like six it's years a before. Good, it's a good, I guess, homage to that. That's you know? true. Um, yeah, we don't really get a lot of physical. I mean, like the only one who really does it now is Melissa McCarthy. But every time I do see it, I'm just like, this is just because Chris Farley's not alive anymore. <laughs> like well, we have to settle for Melissa McCarthy. When I first saw, um, I saw Saving Silverman. And that's my that was my introduction to Jack Black, or knowing oh, okay. who Jack Black was. Yeah. And when I the some of the stuff he does in that movie, really thought I, at that early of an age, I was like, oh, he's just trying to be Chris Farley. Right. Like right. there's that scene where his jacket gets stuck in the car, and then when he like gets out of it, he does like some really weird thing with his body. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You didn't have to force your Chris Farley shit out like that. Yeah. But when you watch it, he does nothing that Chris Farley does in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's pretty much Jack Black, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Like uh, I have three balls. Like that kind of shit. That's yeah. something Chris Farley would say. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so it's I got I used to think like just because he was fat, like he 
was going to be the new Chris Farley or something. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of went to Kevin James as far as like that's placement. true. As that's far as like true. placement into things, not because of yeah, who yeah, he yeah. is. It's, it's yeah. just he filled the void. That the niche, been there, the but, niche that yeah, yeah. Hollywood and, and needed. Of course, he didn't replace him because mm-hmm. Chris Farley's dead. Like yeah, you, you, you can't, can't replace, replace a dead person. Yeah, he he can't be there at all. So like. Mm-hmm. You replace someone who didn't show up. He yeah. didn't have the choice. He doesn't have the choice to show up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, and, and he became cool, like with the, mm-hmm. with that click. Like, mm-hmm. why not? If I became cool with them, like I would want to be in their movies. I take so. it again. I like I like Grown Ups better. That I feel like I'm one of the few people in the world who really likes Grown Ups. So, and I appreciate his place in that movie for sure. Yeah, I like Chuck and Larry. Yeah, I think I'm in the minority in that. Um, Black Sheep. I'll give it like a solid like B, I guess, as far as like if we're gonna. In his world of movies, mm-hmm. like I, I would give it a B or a yeah. B minus. The only thing that the only thing that it doesn't have the only the biggest detriment is that it's not Tommy Boy. Like it's just if <laughs> like it just suffers because Tommy Boy exists. Period. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and it became and it came mm-hmm. out after Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. I think I remember doing the the thing. He's like, oh, I got a souvenir for you. Like I had a friend who would do that in class. I'm like, that's Halloween. <laughs> If I knew the movie better, I would be like, what are you doing? Playing pocket pool? <laughs> like, <laughs> Got a little chubby there. Got every single one of them on Laserdisc. Terminator as the little redhead or little redneck kid. Who oh, like, yeah. That was totally him. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That, dude, that dude's freckles game is insane. Yeah. I think that'll about. That kind of shit scares mm-hmm. me. Like, I've been in freckles? areas like that. Oh, like, oh no, just like, like rural areas? Yeah. You know, my cousin used to live up north, and we would, mm-hmm. like, take rides to the backwoods. I know. It just looks like Redding or, or Guerneville or something like that, right? Yeah. Maybe even, like, more secluded than that. Like, okay. And I've been on back roads like that, and it's like, I don't want to run into people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I've played GTA. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen movies of, of these crazy mm-hmm. uh, culty people. Like, yeah freaks me out children of the corn yeah yeah no doubt which i'm surprised he didn't Mm -hmm. make a joke about maybe he did that probably was on the cutting well actually like david spade hated like there was david spade i think just totally hated the production of this whole movie like he fought with the director apparently like the the shoot coupled with the lighting setup like gave him permanent like eye damage so that's why anytime you see david spade now he's always wearing a trucker hat like that's that's out of necessity because like he can't deal with like studio lights i think he also that's also referenced in like dickie roberts which Mm. i actually i haven't seen in a very long time but yeah i think him and farley definitely had some issues as well that might have also started like on tommy boy but i think that is also kind of like the thing maybe it's like it's that same thing of like, oh, you think that going on a vacation with your best friend is going to be so awesome or moving in with your best friend. But like when once you're in an environment where it's just down to the two of you, like all the shit really comes out and you realize the ways that you might still be best friends, but it comes to light the ways that you guys genuinely can't stand each other. <laughs> so well, yeah. I think it's like a I version of like that. I feel like with any best friend, you also yeah. kind of hate them too, right? Like you not yeah. hate, but you, you, ha- you, you see their the- you see their bullshit more than most. Right. And, and you know, like their on-screen thing wasn't very. From what I understand, it's not very different than how they were in mm. real life. Like mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe Dave David Spade was more of like the straight he was man, trying to like, help him out a lot more. Oh, okay, or, you know, yeah. like this, you know, maybe like, he did do more than he didn't, or maybe he feels like he didn't do enough, and because mm-hmm. he was always around them. So yeah, I could definitely see like why he wouldn't want to talk about Chris Farley. Yeah, he didn't go to the, he didn't, he wasn't at his funeral and like people were like, oh, what happened? He's like, dude, that's my best friend. Like, I don't think I could have handled that. Like, I understand that fully, you know? Like, yeah, and then, like, and whatever it is, like, if he regrets that, that's something he has to live with. That's not mm-hmm. something, that's not any of our, like... Yeah, it's not none of our fucking man. business why David yeah. Spade didn't go to Chris Farley's funeral. 
if anything, it's like you should understand out of all people why he wouldn't go. Like maybe mm-hmm. like family is a different matter, but you know he mm-hmm. he knew a different side of him, and it's like yeah, I wouldn't want to see my best friend, especially like that young too. Yeah. Um, and knowing what led to it, like and knowing mm-hmm. how it happened, and it's mm-hmm. like I don't want to be reminded. And yeah. So his maybe his last time with Chris Farley was a lot better than what it would have been if he saw him in a box. That's so, a good point. That's a really good yeah. point. Especially, yeah, the circumstances and the context. Like for most people, make it everything. probably was. So that was uh, on that. Any other last pieces about uh, about, about Black, Black Sheep? Sheep? Yeah. <clears throat> no, not really. No. This guy's like Leatherface, Chucky, and Jan Brady all rolled into one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. One more final thought in terms of like movies, movies stealing from Chris Farley. Mission Impossible absolutely stole from Black Sheep. Mission, uh, Rogue Nation, I think it's Rogue Nation, which everyone starts with Tom Cruise like hanging onto the side of a plane, <laughs> and that's how Black Sheep ends. I remember like the commercials would always show that too, but okay. yeah, I guess like I, I mean, uh, all Chris Farley, it the uh, I really like the scene, um, where they get stoned in the car off the night. Oh, fuck it, Rudes, Roads. Um, me and Josh always do that, the uh, limit, limit. <laughs> Like we were doing that before I left that uh, uh-huh. place. We were um doing stuff like that a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, like rude. Like that's one of those weird words, <laughs> you know. Um, like, officer, Jack, officer, me off, Jack, and then he immediately turns. He goes, "What were they, what were they going? David seven, gives him, seven miles an hour? Was it? Yeah. I just like how when he says that, David Spade gives him like the, oh yeah, you're funny. Mm-hmm. But he gives him that little look. Yeah, He's just like not impressed, but it's you know." Or Chris Farleying all over Chris Farley right now. But if you're gonna Chris Farley over anybody, it might as well be Chris Farley. So I'm gonna allow it. It's all good. It's our show. We can talk well, about. Well, I don't know anybody else that really appreciates this gym, yeah. this man's comedic genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just like kind of by default. Maybe that's where the death comes in. Where like yeah. by default they like know like yeah. he was great, but yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. really know. People don't really know his work, and yeah, you don't. It's it's very it's almost like a niche thing now. It's a gen. I mean, like Gen X does, but I think like our cohort, like yeah, not so much because that you know. Yeah. But I there's def- other mm-hmm. folks that like got the shine, like and rightfully so. Like, yeah. People, the, the Hollywood doesn't stop. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we had a lot of people that came up after him. Like you know. Yeah, it's just a cycle. It's just like it's like the internet. Like Adam some, Sandler was still yeah. on fire. You know, Ben Stiller mm-hmm. was still on fire. Yeah. Uh, fucking um. Jim Carrey was still on fire. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock was just coming out. Chris mm-hmm. Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there wasn't. A, there was not a shortage of good comedians. Yeah, too. for sure. And and good comedy movies. Yeah, putting his but I giving his man his propers. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's also what makes it sad is because he would have like. He absolutely. Stood, he would have stood out amongst them. Yeah, too. he really like, did. I mean, it's Mike clear Myers. he really had his own. He really had his own thing, and that's what made him so special as a performer. Yeah. So I guess it. we could save that for like yeah. at the end when we do the what if stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I really am looking forward to that. Part. Yeah, for um, sure, for sure. But we have to give this. Movie we gotta, the, yeah, we gotta get to yeah. the, get to the ultimate, the yeah. single greatest comedy movie of all time, <laughs> <laughs> for many. Uh, 1995's Tommy Boy. Uh, it's, a, it's a top ten for me. Yeah, I think. actually, yeah, directed by Peter Siegel, who I think also went on to do. Oh yeah, he did a couple of he did he directed Longest Yard, Fifty First Dates, and Anger Management, Nutty Professor Two, but and uh, yeah, yeah written, I'll need written, to check mm-hmm. out Anger Management then. If he directed that, mm-hmm. then, like you know, I like I like Fifty First Dates, so mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and he also directed or and written by Bonnie and Terry Turner, who wrote I believe wrote Wayne's World, 
uh, and created Third Rock from the Sun and That 70s Show, two of my favorite shows, <laughs> sitcoms ever. Um, Third Rock from the Sun is pretty underrated. I'll yeah, I will say, dude, on a dialogue level, strictly like, God, that's a, that shows a masterclass. Oh, and they also, yeah, they also wrote Coneheads, both Wayne's Worlds, and the Brady Bunch movie, dude. Get out of here, like, fuck, like that was. They have my respect forever as as screenwriters, but so this one is uh so Chris plays Tommy Tom Callahan the third right and his father is the head of like an auto parts plant in Ohio. David Spade plays his. Uh, David Spade, Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky, Ohio. David Spade plays Richard, and uh, the, who is his, like, they're, like, childhood friends, but he's, you know, it's actually very similar to, like, Billy Madison, now that I, the, in in terms of, like, the general, yeah, the general is. plot. It is. But with, like, a road trip, as, like, a road trip elements, kind of, like, Dumb and Dumber a little bit thrown in there, and Black Sheep, yeah. what ultimately becomes Black Sheep, so his father dies, and he has to go on his father's sales trip last sales trip to prevent the business from going under and they're um, promoting their new their brand break, new top break, of the line brake pads, pads. That yeah it's about brake pads put them, they're, it's supposed to put them on the next level because the town is like losing yeah it's a uh, like it's it's just it's it's um it's labor like mm-hmm. the, it's in the auto industrial like area of the country and mm-hmm. um, which is another good social commentary too i guess we don't really hear about that a lot like yeah the, how a lot of people lost those jobs in those factories and like mm-hmm. this is supposed to bring that town out of that like little uh recession that they're in i guess because mm-hmm. like they're supposed to get bought out and they're all going to lose their jobs so i almost didn't like i didn't really and again i think i've only seen this one i think i've maybe only seen this one two or three times like i don't remember the last time i watched it prior to this mm-hmm. week but i was just like enjoying it so much like i couldn't even really take any notes like i was just taking it all in it's just such a fun that's just it's such a fun movie and i think I do think that Farley and Spade's dynamic is the strongest here or just like they're both mm-hmm. at the top of their game. Like you can tell they were both maybe like a little long in the tooth in Black Sheep, but Tommy Boy, like they're firing, both firing on all their that's, respective um, that's, comedic cylinders. That's interesting because like I'll just I'll say this on the side, like maybe this was when their friendship was really, really good, mm-hmm. you know, and like and, and it shows in the quality in the performances, and, like, maybe yeah. the second one is like, they're a little tired of each other. They're on location. Like they're both more, under like, contract and stuff. But, yeah, yeah. It's like it kind of comes out like yeah. they're more of, at an, of of annoyance with each other in this mm-hmm. and that and black sheep. And mm-hmm. it's like maybe they really were an annoyance, and it's just funny seeing them interact like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, well, and also the so characters like, like are the characters have known each other for a long time too. That's the and thing. This is, yeah. Like, yeah. It's more of like a uh, they have like a they have the same stake. Mm-hmm. That's this, true. Like, That's true. There's like whereas like in black sheep, I think. Uh, Steve has his own individual. Like, he has more of his goal. own agenda. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. In this one, they both have to, like they have to succeed, so they both have a job and like a livelihood. And their community like, and their community stays yeah. stays afloat and everything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And and like David Spade was the right hand man, which is why to mm-hmm. his dad, which is why he's there. So there, um, yeah. Ironically yeah. enough, I didn't have a dad, so I just got to be a moron. <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie is just kind of all killer, no filler. Like, there's not really any anything super unnecessary to it but it's just so damn fun can't i wouldn't even know where to begin that's the the scene i know what best I didn't, mm-hmm. go ahead i guess i'll like what i didn't what i was gonna say about the filler like i caught myself um i don't i didn't really enjoy like the duet with the dad and at the wedding oh whether well, play the ray charles like, song yeah but for emotional context for that uh-huh. to happen in the middle of like something really cool like a father-son moment yeah like, it's really like pretty fucked up like really you just heart, it's really heartbreaking yeah you just... when you think about it and that and like now i take that back that's not a filler moment that's a really like 
I mean, that kicks on, off. On that kicks level, off. Yeah. That's that's the end of the first act of the movie, and then yeah. it yeah, really so that's like a deep, I was, that's mm-hmm. a, on a deeper level. It's 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 really um, that's a really good scene. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that back and say it's not filler. I will. I just kept going back and watching the scene where he like sets the toy car on fire. He's like, "Oh my <laughs> God, we're burning alive!" <laughs> and just like this is the fucking. It's just yeah. I don't really know what to say about this. This movie is just so damn good. Like. That, that I really just I would recommend this to kind of to everybody really like it's they worth were a able watch. to really nail like when they had just David Spade and Chris Farley together mm-hmm. which is pretty often in the movie but yeah they made the scenes like they were able to like you said fire on all fronts like yeah when they pull over and they're gonna fight that exchange before like before he hits him with the two by four mm-hmm. is really good mm-hmm. and then even like the conversation between them at the restaurant where they're talking about fighting is really good like yeah it's really good, like um, the chemistry is really character development. Yeah, as far as like showing like their relationship, how it kind of started and how it's going, and how they become really like yeah, they believe in each other a lot. Of yeah, because I mean, so. I think I w- I was really thinking about it, and I think that's my favorite. Like, I'm a big comedy fan. Like, I think comedy in general is I think my favorite genre of movie. More specifically than that, I really like buddy comedies and so mm-hmm. and or just buddy buddy films in general. But yeah, that arc yeah. of I mean, and it's predictable as shit. But I do like how how it's. It's not so much about the formula, but how the formula is executed, like how they don't, you know, that arc of like, oh, like these two are brought together maybe just by circumstance. And then they go through this mm-hmm. stuff and they actually really come out the other side with a stronger relationship, like super bad Pineapple Express. Um, yeah. Tommy Boy, obviously being part of that equation. Yeah. I mean, I guess like you could I was going to say, like, maybe what I liked about this buddy comedy wasn't really based around a gimmick. Mm hmm. I mean, it kind of is a gimmick, like the dumb fat guy and the smart and the smart, and the smart ass. Guy, but yeah, like, yeah. it's not as much of a gimmick to me as like Bill and Ted, where they're obviously like stoner it's guys. It's a or shtick. Like, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's there's a difference there's, between premise and shtick. Like, right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and Chris Farley definitely has his shtick, but like mm-hmm. to me, there was enough of a balance to where like, where I even think about Ferris Bueller, where it's not yeah. like a, it's not a buddy comedy, but. I think the way the characters balance each other out, like Cameron yeah, and Cameron and Ferris and stuff. I don't like Ferris because he's just like he's kind of a constantly dick. an asshole. Yeah, he's not an asshole like in an endearing way like David Spade. Uh huh. Where it's um and, and to me maybe it's just my taste, but like I well I think David Spade's always an asshole, but he's still kind of an underdog in a certain way because they're always kind yeah. of rooting for him. Yeah. Like it's hard. I can see where you're saying it's kind of hard to get behind Ferris because. Nothing bad happens to him. You never get the sense yeah. that he's in any sort of jeopardy. Like, There's when David when David says like, yeah. "Oh, you have a you have a you have an office. Why not? Mm-hmm. You've been here two minutes." I'm like, yeah. Oh, and you have a window. Like he he's being very like passive aggressive, and they totally see it. But, but he, they're not, yeah, yeah, they're both like well, my, really insecure. My fellow nerds and I are also uh-huh. going to you know uh-huh. like he, he they know that he's like you know saying like, "Hey, I recognize you guys. Think what you think of me, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm gonna do it anyway." So. That's a really good point. I never really thought about that too, but yeah, it's like you're rooting. I think that's what why it's I on a character and like story level, it's a bit better than Black. Where it's better than Black Sheep is like you're both really mm-hmm. rooting for them. Like you're really waiting for, like Tommy just keeps failing and failing throughout the whole movie, and like it's just good. I mean, it's just good ass storytelling where like he finally gets his dad's f- saying about the T bone and the butcher right at the very end. <laughs> like. He, you could look at your butcher and he's like, no, 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 chicken wings. So like, I, yeah, I, I really love that's his crane scene. kick moment. Like, oh shit, he finally did right. it. You know, that's the turning point in the movie for yeah. me. So, 
I love that scene, just how funny it was, just in general. But like when I look back on it, you're talking about the really chicken wing scene. In ge- yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the dinner roll. Like, hey, yeah. Is there a mark on my face? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's good. It's, and the lady's like, yeah. Jesus, what happened to your face? And <laughs> like that's a good like little thing between that shows him and Richard's dynamic too, which mm-hmm. is like, oh, I knew it. And like, and they just let it go. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. get really mad about it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's able to get the waitress to like make him the chicken wings or get him do the order instead. Yeah. Like that's a big turning point because then Richard like, you know, gives him the whole talk and he's like, Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins or yeah. whatever the fuck. And, um, shut up Richard. Yeah. And, and so for all three, like for both of them, that's a big turning point because that's when they start making the sales. Yeah. And they shows him like, go to that guy where the guy's like tripping about the guarantee on the box yeah. and shit. So like, take a, sh- I can take a shit he, in like, a box and put a guarantee. Right. In it. And that's when he puts, that's when he puts what he like just talked about into use. Mm-hmm. He reminds him of the chicken wings. So, like that, mm-hmm. that scene was always funny to me. It was like one of the funniest scenes, but it like, I didn't realize until after a while that that was the big turning point and that's where it turned around for them as far as selling and they were having a good time. They mm-hmm. started singing songs in Spanish on the road together. Yeah. Like that is it, too, that is too. Like that's one of my favorite scenes too. So, um, like you said, the story, like the way, the way it like comes together is a lot better than, yeah. um, black sheep. And it's just really well, it's organically like done. Yeah. It There's doesn't nothing, feel like, super contrived. Thing. Yeah. And, um, it's always hard to follow something like that up. It's I know like that's a, you're uh, going back to the well a year later, like you know how fucking hard that like yeah. work, like with the pressure of that, you know. I think that's like the really big um yeah like the the, the that that dynamic is what made the movie. It made mm-hmm. every character like mean something because when you saw everyone else, you wanted to, they relied on Richard and uh, Tommy yeah. a lot more. Like, yeah, they weren't relied upon as much in um Black Sheep. Yeah, ev- yeah, that's the other like thing. A, they were they just wanted them out of the way the whole yeah. time. Yeah, so they just kind of go. They're like more rogue in black sheep yeah they just do their own thing and yeah. they ended up saving the day but they weren't ever counted on nobody too, thought so. that they were gonna pull it off and, and stuff yeah so i think there's a couple of behind the scenes things here to bring up like apparently apparently um this is where spade and farley started to have issues so rob Lowe was in the movie he was uncredited i didn't know this so and was only That's in probably the movie. Why I never yeah. heard of him. Like, yeah. I, I didn't know who he was until yeah. like way later. So he was only in the movie because Chris asked him to. And I guess because I think Rob Lowe, like he really ingratiated himself once he started hosting SNL. Like he really, you know, just through com- collaborating with Mike Myers and then doing Wayne's World. That's when he started to like do more comedy and every or start to try to try his hand more in comedy. But apparently, I think Spade was. Like maybe he was slightly better friends with Spade and like they were chopping it up on set and Chris got really jealous and was like, Hey, how's your friend Rob Lowe? Like like no, for real, like when like the new friend the new guy this is funny, like the new guy comes to comes to school and you know, they make friends with your friend and you get hella like territorial like Hey, what's up with your boy over there? Yeah, Yeah, basically. David got so fed up with Chris hounding him on the subject that he threw his diet coke on him, to which Chris responded by throwing David into a wall and down the stairs. After the fight, Spade walked off the set and refused to continue filming. The pair would sometimes go for hours without talking to each other, talk to each other through the director, etc. Another sounds like some, sounds like some shit best friends do. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing is, I think they both actually wound up dating the the chick at the pool, which is my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, nice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That was another point of contention. So that's my favorite. That's my favorite line. Or just like, who's your favorite little rascal? Is it alfalfa or spanky? <laughs> and he just pauses and goes, sinner. <laughs> I bet she's a good looking girl. I bet she goes out with one of the Yankees. 
You know, I, I, you know, like I didn't know what he was talking about. Until, like, that they were all like, I know the Yankees what thing, like, name? buddy, whack what? it. <laughs> were you watching Spank Tradition? <laughs> That's a Richard. mystery. <laughs> Richard, I thought you were getting pizza. They were closed. They were closed. Where are your documents? Gee, I don't see them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh, yeah, that shit's hilarious. Man. Fat guy in a little coat was a real thing that Chris would just do when they were. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably in her book. Yeah, he said that yeah. they were in, they were in the office. Like they, they were like office, just writing, SNL. yeah, writing an SNL and like, yeah, he would just like do it to fuck with them or like, like make ripped, him laugh. I think he actually ripped his jacket one time. I'm maybe. sure he did. Yeah, um, which is hell. Like, the exact I'd same thing so, in Beverly Hills Ninja. I'd be so pissed like if my friend ripped my jacket. That's just, but that's a good story later on. Yeah, this whole movie is just like I. It's hard Dan to pick Aykroyd. out like yeah yeah. <laughs> Isn't Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd, yeah, Dan Aykroyd's in Ray Zelinsky, Auto Parts King of America. I make parts for the American working man. That's who I am, and that's who I care about. Uh, this guy wants to take over your company, potentially put you out, you and your family out on the street, and all you can say is, "Hmm, he seems like a nice guy." <laughs> he does. I think that's the fat guy in the little coat scene. Probably, yeah. Commercial. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's with all the moths and everything, too, in the in yeah. that other hotel room. Yeah. See, that was, like, stupid, but, like, I, that's how funny, because, like, if you've been to hotels and shit, like, for some reason, there's always hella moths. Mm-hmm. Like, especially at motels. So, mm-hmm. like, that was, like, a cool little, like, nod to just daily life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the... I never thought to vacuum, <laughs> to vacuum bugs. That's a good so point. I va- you know. Yeah. I'll vac- I vacuum mosquitoes now. It's fucked up. But we have a handheld. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's okay. You do whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, again, this is the most, this, I would recommend this the most to people because it's just, it's just, it's definitely yeah. one of the best comedies of the 90s and probably one of the best comedies of all time, if I'm being perfectly honest. Well, it, to me, it's like when people talk about comedy movies and they haven't seen this one, it's yeah. like, right, it's I don't know how much like, I trust uh, you. <laughs> it's up there with, I don't know, what's it, another classic comedy, like uh, Airplane? Yeah, yeah. Harlem, Harlem Nights? You know, like it, it and Caddyshack this, stuff this, like that. Yeah, Naked Gun. It, it, it's definitely that generation's version mm-hmm. of that. And like yeah. I think in our generation there was just a lot of them because people tend to look at Adam Sandler. Yeah, the Will Ferrell, Seth Rogen stuff. Like yeah. Yeah, and like let's not forget about like the dark comedies too, like which were really yeah. prevalent in our time. Uh-huh. So like it's easy to get lost in, especially now with like movies that are considered great, like The Hangovers. And yeah. The Judd Apatow series, like all those mm-hmm. movies and. Kevin Smith too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to forget about Farley's uh, contribution to the the genre because I think he's been very influential. I think those movies are very influential. Uh-huh. But they, but like, yeah, there's only so much you could do with the film now. Like, yeah, he didn't have he doesn't have a whole bunch of secret stuff that was never released. It's not like a two yeah, pos- posthumous could, like, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, what a, f- a two minute recording of uh, Shrek, and I think that's well. Actually, he did it. the entirety. We can. Um, but so, they, they never yeah, put yeah. it out, right? They never like, did. No, they, no. Mm-mm. And I don't think uh, I don't know if they destroyed it, but we're never gonna get like unless one of us, Someone, somebody li- breaks into somebody like, like cyber hacks into DreamWorks and like exactly finds like, all of that like a, audio. Yeah. Unless we know someone that works there, that's yeah, willing yeah, yeah. to give it to just the two old souls. Like, right. You know, that's never gonna happen. Yeah. And, um, it's like that Wu Tang album that that fucking guy bought. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who upped the the AIDS drugs prices mm-hmm. and got busted for for fraud. It's like that. Hopefully one day we might get it, but you know why would you ruin the Shrek legacy by doing that? Yeah, kind of take sure. away from what they've built for sure. Um, so actually bringing up to the next, or do we have a secret sauce for this? Dude, I don't know. Yeah, um, there has to be something. 
I think I think for me it's just all this stuff with the car. They get a lot of mileage out of like how fucked up okay. the car gets in the movie. Yeah, the car is definitely um... the door, the deer, the the hood, the whole. What'd you do? <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> they only had diesel. Okay, yeah, because a lot up. of the quote, a lot of the quotable stuff happens with the car yeah. involved or somewhere mm-hmm. like. A lot of the big things happen because of something that happened with the car. It's almost like, yeah, and it's almost Blues Brothers asking that way. The car is almost like a character in the movie too. He doesn't. Like he doesn't find his selling technique if he didn't put the can in the wrong way. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if he didn't stick the can in the fucking yeah. thing, yeah, the hood wouldn't have went up. Popped it wouldn't have up, stopped yeah. at that place yeah. to get the wings and have to beg for wings and sell her on yeah. it. So, you're right. Yeah, the car is definitely the secret sauce. Yeah. It's almost like it's Ugh, the third. I could, I could hear you getting fatter. <laughs> what did I tell you about eating in the car? It's not good because it spoils your dinner. <laughs> All right, we don't take no no shit from anyone. Amazing. No, we don't take no for an answer. <laughs> Sorry, just one quick flash quote. John Hancock. It's Herbie Hancock. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Holy oh, Lord. Okay. Um, do we yeah, want there's so it? much yeah. in that movie. Yeah, the whole fucking movie I wouldn't movie want to spoil gold. it. Like, yeah. it, I, w- I would yeah. really encourage someone. Like, if you're not going to watch any of these movies, just pick Tommy just Boy. Tommy Boy. It's on one. Paramount. It's on Paramount Plus if you want to just have a run, do a quick trial of that. But I'm sure you can rent it off anywhere for, like, three bucks. So just go for yeah. it. Or just um, keep your eyes open. For yeah. It. If you're on Netflix or, like, one of the regular ones, like, mm-hmm. yeah, just keep your eyes open for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to go find it right now. But mm-hmm. if you see Tommy Boy, think of us. And, and we really enjoy it. And you're it. welcome. Yes. So we have like two topic areas to kind of go into next. I'm wondering which one you want to go first. Do you want to talk about just his like his SNL stuff and then do the what ifs or do you want to do it the other way around? Um, with SNL, I was just going to like name like my favorite mention a couple parts, skits. Yeah, like, we can just do that real quick. Much yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's yeah. something I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you want to start off with SNL? Yeah. Um, so I used to have his best of SNL DVD. I shouldn't have. I sold it a while ago. I wish I still had I it. I have it if you want to rip it. Oh, okay. I might, I might, I might do that anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, of course, Matt Foley, motivational speaker. I remember Hot Topic always had a Matt Foley T-shirt on the wall for the longest time. Yeah. Like, Living in a van down by the river. Um, I think yeah, I like Bennett yeah. Brower better. It's funnier, like the air quotes all the time. Like maybe I lack charisma or. Children find me frightening, or maybe because I don't own a toothbrush or let my scabs heal. <laughs> so yeah, Bennett Brower is really was always really funny to me. But I like, I was watching some clips with Tiffany last night. And she didn't really know who. She's not really familiar with with Chris Farley. Um, so I was just watching uh, YouTube uh, SNL sketches, and she's like, "Is he always dressed as a woman?" I'm like. Not all the time, but a lot of the time, <laughs> like when he was the Gap Girl, or my favorite was the the Zagat's bit with him and Adam Sandler, and she's just yeah, reading the restaurants. Like that's a really good one. Like yeah, like because oh, like, he, he breaks. He, he you're breaks that Adam Sandler in that. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> like, like that was gonna be my top one. The Zagat's. The Zagat's, yeah. It's like a Karen. Yeah, me and my friend always used to just to make each other laugh when we were kids in like fifth grade. We'd always just go ravioli, holy cannoli. <laughs> He's doing like that. That rhymes, right, Hank? Like you just that, like yeah. The smile. He does like the little the the pause faces. Like, yeah, yeah. Like so, um, the way he like purses one, his lips. Uh, that is correct. The, I mean, the Chippendales one is like a go-to. That is sure. that like, was his hilarious. that that's was a, his moonwalk moment. I would say, like the world took notice. <laughs> yeah, the uh, fucking working I mean, for the weekend, man. That's how I first heard that song. I don't know about you, but that's that's all I hear think about when I hear that song. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you already said the ones I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could like give some honorable mentions, like uh, like the for the fry, the like with the with Adam Sandler and David Spade. Yeah, the gap, the gap girls. Like, that one's funny. Yeah. Um, well, Chris Farley's show with Paul McCartney. That's the best. I'm so mad that one's not on YouTube, but that's that is that's amazing. And he had Jeff Daniels on there too. Yeah, yeah, the Jeff Daniels one is on YouTube. Uh, the Paul McCartney one's a lot more like a lot better just because it's Paul McCartney. <laughs> and there's like a director of like a I think he does like a Jesus Scorsese one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, yeah. Did you come up with that? Like, no, that was in the the Bible. Chris. <laughs> that was uh, awesome. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember too much. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest SNL fan. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. I but I do enjoy like that era a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just gonna be some stuff I forget. So yeah. you already said the ones I yeah, was gonna choose. Yeah. For sure. Um, that's all good. And there's like probably, I mean, oh, there's one that's like a little controversial. The uh, the one where Mike Myers is the Japanese game show host. Oh, that that one. I thought you were gonna like, say Schmidt's gay. Oh, Schmidt's gay. Schmidt's gay. Sorry, Schmidt's gay. The beer. Yeah. That that's hella funny. That's yeah. pretty funny. Like, if anything, it's, it's funny. if anything, it's actually not problematic because it's just like, I mean, like so. I mean, by all accounts, I feel like I am, I I'm pretty sure I'm a straight man, but like. I find it like I dude, I have hella man crushes. Like if I see a good looking guy, I'm like, fuck that. Like that dude's handsome as shit. Like, you know, like so I think it just speaks more to like yeah, it's okay to like have man crushes or just like or whatever it is for that for that. I, know, I feel like, like you could make if you can make like straight sex jokes, why can't you make gay sex yeah, jokes? Yeah, and that's just for like sure. a that's just a play on um remember yeah. the man show? Like, okay, the man show's okay. probably like the worst part thing to do, but, <laughs> that's a real but, good like, example. they did a they did a guy's gone wild scale oh, man okay. show. Like I don't uh-huh. think that's like that's not homophobic. Like that's yeah. not. I didn't like, find it. Just, ho- I don't find it homophobic. Either. Like the Schmitz gay. Like, I don't think it's homophobic. It's just switching the roles. Like, yeah. All those, all those beer commercials. If anything, it's it's taking. Yeah. Dicks, it's totally taking. Like, yeah. It's totally taking the piss out of like. Oh, we have like hot girls. All, it's yeah, always guys like do? lusting put, after like, hot girls. Would it have been funny if they put like? Okay, maybe it would have been funny if they put like Sherry O'Terry instead of mm-hmm. Adam Sandler. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, if they put funny-looking <laughs> women like that. It's but, definitely not, especially when Farley like he flips up the sunglasses to get a better look. Yeah, you know, like, like, it, yeah. it's a, they made it funny and then, like and it's called Schmidt's gay. Yeah, like, it's a, it, it's just what it was. Um, that's you, a pretty funny one, but it's you not, two look like count you. As a, uh, you two, it's more of like one of those um, digital. It's not shorts. as like yeah, it's not as a, uh, it's not as um eloquent as dick in the box but it's more sure. like on like that yeah. kind of like level but you dick two look like you, funny. you two look like you need to get white <laughs> <laughs> and there's the way they like when they sc- they like do thumbs up and scream at each other like <laughs> yeah so it's just, it's making fun of like the guys who are like drooling over the women it's that's like the true it so takes it um, takes the piss out of that stuff yeah. that's a good point yeah <clears throat> so like but the game show one is like Chris Farley's one of the contestants, and he gets like his hand cut off or something. No, he like, gets no, no, he gets electrocuted. Everybody else, right. he sees everybody else has to like stab, cut into their hands with a knife. Oh, he's but, getting freaked out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like the American. Yeah, he's like the yeah. the concierge asked me if I wanted to go to a game show. I didn't know he meant be on a game show. <laughs> yeah, so that's like a pretty fucked up like premise, but it's it's still like a memorable one. For yeah, me. remember, like, at least they're all actually it. speaking Japanese. Like, I mean, they're probably just reading it off the cue cards but at least they weren't resorting to like japanese vague like japanese-esque gibberish you know but yeah that was on my mike myers the i think that was on my mike myers and my chris farley dvd pretty yeah, sure I mean, it was on both yeah totally like racist but yeah it's, it's still one i remember hurley he boy too i think is that i mean that a lot of his best sket skits i say were him and adam sandler 
Yeah. Oh, the um. The, like, let me lunch water lady your land. Let, let me water is your plants, good? dude. Yeah, lunch lady land. Uh, then there's like, an, does he is he an opera man too? Is he part of opera? Man? I don't think he, he ever. No, appearance? I think I think he only ever. I think the only person who ever did opera man with Adam Sandler was like, uh, John Lovitz playing like opera man's estranged older brother. Okay. Yeah. But didn't he? I thought he like still pantomimed something for Adam Sandler. I'm sure he did maybe, at some point, but. And I'm sure there's like some stuff he, other stuff he did, but yeah, yeah I don't remember too much of that. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to go back and watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I stuck to the movies with this one. So there will be okay. That was our SNL lightning round. Let's get yeah to the I guess <laughs> one of the more interesting parts is just the stuff that he was supposed to do or didn't do for contractual reasons. Uh, one of those things was because his his contract with Paramount, the two the two film contract uh, that resulted in Tommy Boy and. Uh, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, he was offered the role of the cable guy. Um, I think they were going to pay him like $3 million or something like that. So it would have been a pretty wow. big step for him. But yeah. the Paramount contract just didn't result in that. So that would have been – I am I mean, I love the cable guy more than most, I would say. Like, And it's a totally – like it's a great riff on sort of the 90s stalker thrillers that were very popular at the time. But I'm wondering how that would have been with Chris with Chris in the role. You know, because he didn't really that would have been a really huge opportunity for him to really flex his muscles as an actor. Like he didn't really get that while he was still alive. Like we got little bits of it for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting, interesting because of how the characters written, like with mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, it became really dark. Yeah. Um, And I think it would have been dark with Chris Farley, but it might have been more like sad. at the Sympathetic, same time. more sympathetic yeah. than Chip, than, than Jim's able... Chip Douglas. Yeah, and you would have might have been able to like feel like have some kind of sympathy for him. He might have been more of the main character instead of Matthew Broderick. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't we can't assume it was going to be written the exact same way. That's true because I'm sure Jim be, brought so yeah. much to that to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, and I guess like I remember hearing about it at the time. Like it was not the best reviewed Jim Carrey movie. No, definitely not. Again, they thought they thought it was career suicide. Yeah, for that. Mm-hmm. So like it was definitely not what he was known for even though mm-hmm. he brought a lot of jim carryisms to it mm-hmm. it was just like there's something off about the movie, the movie that whole movie is really yeah really I think unsettling it's hilarious yeah i think it's really good yeah um, but yeah it would have been cool to see chris farley and <clears throat> would have had him and jack black in the same movie and they yeah. would have had an on-screen feud oh yeah because he has that whole like that, oh yeah they're playing they probably wouldn't have done the bat i mean maybe just owing to chris's athletic background maybe the basketball scene would have been a rugby scene instead or a football f- pick right. up rugby different, yeah <laughs> yeah what about you white chocolate what you got don't want to pull a hammy or he says white lightning or something what yeah something like that yeah so yeah there's cable guy um there was another bit here I s- while while i'm taught while i'm while i'm scrolling what's your favorite of the of the bit parts that he did back in the day just like for me it's definitely the bus driver in billy madison that's my favorite <clears throat> Um, that one. I also like the cop in Airheads. He was like a rookie cop. Oh, he's in Airheads? Shit, that's another reason for me to watch that movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, okay, the cop, remember the, you, you, in The Crow, you remember the, the cop that's like his, his friend? The Ghostbusters guy? Ernie oh, Hudson? Yeah, Ernie Hudson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, he, uh. He's in Airheads? He's in Airheads and he plays like a cop that's handling the the hostage situation at the, the, at radio, the radio station. Right, right. And Chris Farley is like the rookie cop mm-hmm. who has to go like do little small tasks. So he has he Chris Farley has to go find the girlfriend and he goes to like a uh, random like bar, like a, a, uh-huh. a dive bar with a whole bunch of bikers. And he has to like he's getting picked on and then mm-hmm. he just does some funny shit with like with them. So oh, damn. that was a good Chris okay. Farley role because it was only like a good five minutes he's in yeah. the movie. But it's just like when he like I'll get my guy to do it. Then he turns and like 
he, he calls his name, and then the guy who pops up is fucking Chris Farley in the cop outfit. <laughs> okay, so, nice. Like, for me, seeing it uh-huh. in hindsight, that might have been before all those movies. So, like, and he was only on SNL. So, mm-hmm. when you see that, it's like, oh, shit, it's Chris Farley. And, like, and to me, I, I popped and I saw it, and he does mm-hmm. some funny shit. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, then, yeah, the bus yeah. driver for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's just that's fucking gold. Turn this damn bus around. <laughs> and the way they introduce him there too, they uh-huh. throw the thing at him, and he's like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's true." Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Miss Vaughn, nice to see you. Um, okay. Uh, apparently, uh, he was also supposed to be in Kingpin with Woody Harrelson. He was gonna be the Rand- the Randy Quaid character, the Amish guy. That that would be pretty good. Yeah, because that was yeah. I mean, like Randy Quaid's pretty funny in that movie too. Like, but I think for me, and I guess because it's a Fairly Brothers movie, and it was right after Dumb and Dumber, right? Like, Randy Quaid's character just reminds me too much of Jeff Daniels. I was like, could they just not get Jeff Daniels for this? Like, because you're right. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like Jeff Daniels is a better actor for sure. But and then what if they would have got? Then they might have tried to get David Spade as Woody Harrelson's character. Then maybe, oh, maybe you're, that's a good point. Then maybe it wouldn't have been as good yeah. of a movie. Maybe like, Woody Harrelson was perfect for. Yeah, that movie is really strong. For, uh, I've only seen it what's like his wo- name? Um, Roy Munson. Roy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Munson. Yeah, yeah. I just like the way he says Mr. Munson too. It's just so like, it's so like sincere and just well mannered. But yeah, Kingpin's a really good movie too. I need. I haven't seen that in a while. I've only seen Man, it like he twice. Was gonna, he could have been a kingpin. That'd have been sick. Cause like mm-hmm. just imagine him bowling. Yeah. It's a funny sight to just think of him Got bowling. That sort of Fred Flintstone iconography a little yeah. bit. To it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just the thought of him being like this, yeah, sheltered Amish guy. That would have been a really fun character for him to, to see him kind of go into that. Yeah. Cause he probably, I mean, him growing up on like in that part of Wisconsin, I guess that you there has to be something similar to that in those towns or those small town vibes. I would you know? imagine. Like, he would I think there's Amish. Least, yeah. Yeah. There's, there may be some similar communities there. He would have had some kind of like part of that upbringing. A to, touchstone. Like, channel, yeah. You know, like to yeah. make it more like genuine and it would have been, yeah. Chris Farley mm-hmm. as, as what's his name? I don't know. Ishmael. 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 Yeah. Imagine calling Chris Farley Ishmael. And yeah. You know, like <laughs> that's fucking hella funny. Yeah. So Ishmael Borg. That's <laughs> So yeah, that would uh, yeah, that kind of that makes me a little more like sad than the cable guy or Shrek. Yeah, like, and again, that's actually something the... I could see. Like, wow, that that been... would have been pretty good. Yeah, that might actually put that on the same level as Dumb and Dumber. Uh huh. Because Dumb and Dumber is a pretty good. Yeah, it's a top. I watched it. I watched it last week, too. and I was like, this movie is still amazing. One of my favorite yeah. movies ever. It's it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So. In him just playing with that in that Farrelly Brothers, I mean, that would have just elevated his his usual skill set i would say just because the fairly yeah. brothers do just go so big and broad and i mean and but they really they're really good like the the physical comedy hits just as hard as the dialogue sometimes yeah. in sometimes in certain movies one just outweighs well, those the two other movies, those two movies especially are good examples of that mm-hmm. i've never didn't they make like stuck on you Oh, they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was them kind of like they were a little bit past their prime, but they yeah, also so still they also made me myself and Irene just a couple yeah, years before yeah. that. So I didn't see that movie, yeah. but yeah, those three like there's some there's a good level of um mm-hmm. uh of they show how prolific they are with those yeah. those movies, yeah. especially with dialogue. Yeah. In the movie that isn't always based on you don't think of it always for the dialogue. Mm-hmm. People don't think of Dumb and Dumber for the dialogue, but I always there's so many quotes in that. Oh, movie. absolutely. I you know, and we landed on the moon. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Paramount contract also prevented Kingpin from happening. 
Um, apparently, he was also supposed to be in a third Ghostbusters film, which mm. never happened. It would have been a new trio taking on an overpopulation in hell. Um, apparent, and this never really got off the got off the got off the ground. But apparently, uh, Dave Pilkey, uh, who wrote the Captain Underpants books, said that if they ever made a movie, live action movie, he would have wanted Chris Farley to be to be him. And I'm like, I would have loved been... I, I would have loved that because. It would have been kind of old. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mr. But... Krupp was Mr. Krupp was probably middle-aged and shit. Okay. Like, yeah, if you think about it. Like, if he was still with us, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would have totally been able to see that. Um, but, yeah, so let's just – I think we'll just end on the biggest what-if. Most people probably don't know this at all, and especially, and I guess it's especially on brand considering the movie just, just celebrated its 20th anniversary. Um, Chris Farley was the original Trek and he recorded 95% of his dialogue before he died. Um, but after he died, you know, the people uh, making the movie thought it would have been in poor taste. Which, honestly, I'm like, that's that's weird now that we think about that. That's almost like saying, that's almost like Chris Nolan being like, hey, I'm not going to put Dark Knight out anymore because Heath Ledger's dead. You know? Really like, so point. that, I'm like... And he fucking died of an overdose too. So I'm like, I'm wondering, yeah, like maybe again, like speaking to this, speaking to the stigma, the 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 greater stigma. I mean, there's still a stigma today about mental health and drug addiction, but as you said, 25 years ago, it was only worse. I would say. Um, Yeah, they 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 maybe didn't want to shed more light on it Mm -hmm. with a movie that might have flopped because, like, yeah. On the surface, yeah, DreamWorks still hadn't like, really taken off yeah. by then yet. Like, yeah, like, yeah, what was the big thing? Toy Story at the time, yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't. There weren't like, there wasn't Monsters Inc. There wasn't Madagascar. Yeah. there wasn't Ice Age. There wasn't name it. Like, whatever yeah, that's true. Know. So I think it probably came from more of a business decision too. Like, so what if this movie yeah. sucks and we put this guy and we keep Chris Farley who died of a drug overdose, who died of a speedball right. in our movie as the title character. So And then like yeah, why probably not? wasn't Biz- an easy business decision. wise, you know, this other guy's still around and if it does well we can make more. So yeah. like it, it, I get it. it may, yeah. Instead of like having to change his voice for because they would want That's another true. One, like, That's true. Yeah. I get it, but it's still a bit of it's still it's just a heartbreak. Yeah, all, especially all around, especially you know? the scene that they did that they did release that they it was only it's only like storyboards with dialogue. Um yeah. But you still get it, and, and it's still Eddie Murphy as Donkey. But it's the scene where Donkey and Shrek are sitting, you know, looking at the stars, and we, we really get to hear Shrek's baggage for the first time in the movie. Like, it's mm-hmm. probably, like, one of the best scenes in the movie where he's like, you know, everybody judges me before they know me or whatever, but I think Shrek had a different backstory. There was an angle where he had some abandonment issues by his parents, and that's the, one of the reasons why he doesn't trust anyone and just wants to stay mm-hmm. in his swamp. But yeah, like and it's they it's the most. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry. Go no ahead. good. Go ahead. <clears throat> I I was gonna say like maybe they were gonna do rewrites and anyways. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, especially those animated you know, movies, they're rewriting those those constantly on the fly. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and so I, I yeah. But back to your point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say like so that to me that yeah that does really it it hurts it kind of hurts watching that because you just really see the potential that Chris still had as an actor, like playing, voicing an ogre, voicing an ogre in like some obscure ass thing at the time. Like nobody knew what was going to come out of it, but I think he probably was going to bring a, a lot of himself to that role, you know? Cause yeah. I think a lot of, we, we see again, seeing him based on his, based on his shtick, what he was known for as the loud, funny fat guy, like, 
clearly again yeah like and this is what i really like i think we're i think what our show is really benefiting now from this re- recent reboot <laughs> conversation that we've had yeah just seeing the the insecurities that lie underneath or like this is this is what you see but this is why i really do what i do like i just really felt where he was coming from in that you know and again this we don't we don't know him we only know him based on his work like so we can speculate all we want but to kind of just read between those lines like it just you know yeah it's there's a lot of sadness there you do kind of get a peek into maybe like the insight you know and and when you think of his competition at the time of his prime and when he was around like who was who was coming out what movies were being made i can mm-hmm. definitely like understand maybe when you're just as big but maybe you're not maybe getting the uh validation that you want mm-hmm. and you see other people getting like it, it might maybe not jealousy but you start to yeah you become insecure you may not yeah. think you're, you're you may not think you have anything else to give and, or yeah or always um, feeling like or just feeling like it's like that fucking episode of the simpsons where everybody just wants bart to keep saying i didn't do it or whatever like mm-hmm. you get pigeonholed and typecast and, and yeah, everything like, like that you know it's um it reminds me of the chippendale uh mm-hmm. skit where they choose obviously gonna choose patrick swayze because of and like, then he's and then he literally goes like the only way that you guys are picking me is because his body is so bad. But when it comes to presentation and musicality, ain't no way I'm better than him. Right, and it's like I don't know what happened to Barney after that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he stuck around, but and mm-hmm. it's like it's very um symbolic in a way yeah. of like maybe what he could have been going through, like mm-hmm. for real. Like mm-hmm. he, he, yes, he was playing that, but there's a reason they chose him, and maybe he wanted to do it anyway. It's mm-hmm. like he was gonna do what he was told. Yeah, but also he made that role like it could have been any fat guy it could have been john goodman and it wouldn't have been as funny yeah like, yeah for sure so it left the impression because there's a genuineness to it mm-hmm. and that maybe comes from a dark place like we were saying yeah and, um and that's like the the gift and the curse of being a an artist an, an artist yeah you know? and, um, yeah and he and he was an artist at, at what he did he his performances his acting was 100 percent like him with some like you know the influences he was Maybe not the best influences that he had. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be just like John Belushi and them. John Candy. John mm-hmm. Candy's another one, you know? Um, John Candy passed away. Right. Like that, too. Or very similar, like, health issues. And, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, heart attack for him, right? I think it was a heart. I mean, for him, I think, oh, I think the obesity definitely kind of played a played a part. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the sad part for me. Yeah, for sure. Like and I think part. it, yeah, I think it really just goes into that place of you take any sort of risk really putting yourself out there on that on that on any kind of real platform and it's you know it reminds me of kind of what kevin smith we talked about this in the kevin smith episode how you know all of his movies are just really him being like hey this is how i feel about this thing i wonder if anybody else feels the same way like obviously with like a chris farley and it's more his stuff was more just like characters and bits and stuff and and maybe it was his way of doing that too of just looking for yeah, because I think we, at the end of the day, we all want that sense of validation. We all want that sense of, that sense of like acceptance. And maybe that was what he thought was gonna be his version of uh, trying to attain that, you know. But maybe it wasn't the most sustainable approach. Yeah, because yeah. uh, that that part wasn't genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, like doing all that stuff, trying to be like them, wasn't the genuine mm-hmm. thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where you, that's where they get you. Yeah. That's where the universe gets you. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Uh, anything else on far? Like, what's your uh, what's the mo- what's like one thing that um you'll oh, like you would recommend to someone who just doesn't like like how did you introduce it to y- to your girlfriend? Like, what was the first thing you oh, showed her? Uh, like, what was damn, your, what's your course good. of like showing someone? I think I just did her Hurley Boy. Like, well, for me, I would. I mean, I really want her to watch Tommy Boy because like she likes David. Like, she really likes The Emperor's New Groove, and I'm like, okay, you like okay. David Spade. Like, this is David Spade, not PG. Like, it's not super raunchy. So when you when but, you rewatch it, you yeah. didn't watch it with her. No, I didn't. Um, I was, I was, I think I was. She was at work when I did it, but okay. Yeah, so that would be an interesting touchstone. I do think Tommy Boy is the easiest route to go, especially because yeah. like SNL is more difficult just because like it's really just down to like whatever era a person prefers, you know? Like, of course, yeah. yeah. Like I started watching SNL in like the late late nineties, but then I kind of gravitated towards the older stuff while trying to keep up with the, the newer stuff but i would say yeah tommy boy is still kind of the easiest place to go with it and it's it's the most in it's the most fun of like of the movies and i think it's kind of the most endearing so i would definitely go with tommy boy i have my here's my my question my contribution okay. to the podcast so yeah. since we've like we haven't we're not we didn't really rank these movies for ourselves no. like because since chris farley's run was so short yeah but how do you think it compares to the 90s or like you know like adam sandler's contemporary uh, golden, and, and golden age and like how does it compare to like those do you think it's on par do you think adam sandler just like had better movies do you think chris farley had better movies is it two is it apples and oranges like I how think, do you um, i think it's really you rank it, yeah you know? i think it's really i think it's really an apples and oranges kind of thing i guess yeah. if you're going to recommend a comedy movie and like those yeah. are the ones you're going to choose from mm-hmm. like who would who are you more likely who like what side are you oh, more likely point. to recommend on like as far as enjoying a comedy yeah like, would it be tommy boy or would it be uh big daddy you know like for right something like a general audience like a I think general billy audience madison and then like those movies like black sheep yeah billy madison like those are i think for more like the fans yeah I think you have to really Tommy, be down with the know. work okay so in terms of yeah. just like an the, easy the mass jumping. appeal like the mass the, appeal yeah because we we know like yeah. the peak farley could have had yeah, 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 yeah um i think adam sandler extended like he reached higher than he just had time he had yeah. time to do it but obviously i don't think he ever like reach that upper mm-hmm. like echelon as far as like acting whereas yeah. i think probably might have had more opportunities for a couple because more of, yeah. like different reasons but yeah i don't think people knew adam sandler had certain talents because he mm-hmm. kept doing like these comedies for so long yeah these and, like um, concept comedies like and now here's he's really the trying to like show some acting chops which i think he's all right i just yeah. think it's gonna take a uh, it's gonna be like a lot harder to take him more seriously now he's been a yeah. little more uh, put into a box his ratios you know? his ratio is really tough too it's like for every for every serious movie he'll do he'll do seven crazy like seven to and nine so, crazy ass comedies it's so profitable for yeah, him yeah, like yeah. you can't knock yeah. it because he has his own company and like yeah he, like the the movie with david spade uh world's greatest dad i think mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. something like that uh, that's actually robin williams one i think but mm-hmm. he does a movie where it's like he's pretty much joe oh, jerk but it's okay. a different like yeah you character. told me about that one yeah and i was like this is this is what it would be if david spade wrote joe dirt so like mm-hmm. but it's a happy madison film so like mm-hmm. he can keep doing those things and just make hella money yeah because it's it's he's yeah. an established brand but yeah i guess yeah. like back to the original question like who has the better mass appeal like i would, would i watch, mean i would say know? i would say just adam sandler did i think big daddy did was a huge well just so you it's know david david spade david yeah. spade co-wrote joe dirt with the same writer who wrote black sheep so that's that's an interesting kind of like mm. redemption there <laughs> interesting that's pretty <laughs> um, good probably that's gonna cool. watch that's black cool sheep thing. this afternoon yeah. um 
I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah, I will say, like, as iconic as he is, I would say Chris Farley was definitely just more niche, had a more niche kind of appeal. Um, I think, which is funny, though, because I would say, I would say, though, the characters that he plays are were more sincere. The, the characters he played while he did were more, like, sincere and likable. Like, there was Adam's earlier characters. Like, I would, like, I would say happy gilmore happy gilmore big daddy if you if you've never seen a single adam sandler movie before like and you're like trying to see what the whole big deal is i'd say you mm. start with those two then if you get the buy-in just from then, happy then gilmore go then go maybe water boy because yeah. that's when <laughs> shit starts to really go off the rails um or just maybe like even wedding singer too but no wedding could, singer like, yeah if yeah, you, yeah. Could, if you yeah. could deal with the singing yeah which was like a big turn off for me the first time i saw yeah. it with like the second time i saw it it didn't bother me but yeah I don't like his music as much. Yeah, you've told, like, yeah rather, we talked about that. So, but I do own, I do like his musical bits. Mm -hmm. So like, it's it's a it's a mix for me. So like, yeah. I don't like hearing him sing like serious songs. I think, yeah, like I hate the I hate those scenes where like he, oh I love sticks. We're gonna. I tell you, one of our kids at Sherman fucking like, new piece of shit car. He knew uh, Ode to I My Car. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not surprised about that. That's pretty cool. I'm like I, like that. I was like I was a little shocked, but I'm like. I was like, don't sing it, but just know that I respect you. <laughs> don't say it. Don't, please don't sing it out loud. That's um, awesome. Um, but uh, I think you're right because I would say, like, Chris Farley's characters, are, yeah, they're more likable. They're more, yeah. Than, than, like, like Tommy's definitely more likable than Sonny. Yeah. But there's some, there's, like, the cohesiveness of, like, those movies are a lot like, you're, there's a bigger buy in with, like, I think, the kid yeah. And, I think like, he had, the, yeah, I think he definitely just know. had better. I mean, better, better people, production, better so. production. I think that was probably a huge factor. That's also like yeah. Adam Sandler eight years in, opposed to Chris Farley's like first movie. Four like, years in to know. five years into his like notoriety. Like Sandler's yeah. like like fifth leading role opposed yeah. to Farley's yeah, first leading role. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so like, it's just opportunity. So it's hard to compare, yeah. but you know, because it's like because these are like because because Farley's a guy. I I bring that up because Farley's mm -hmm. a guy that like Sandler really, uh, really gives his like flowers to oh like, dude that I, fucking I like that chris like the... that chris farley song that he like performed that i sent right. you like i can't watch that and too much because it's gonna make me cry <laughs> so like that's why yeah. it makes me think about stuff like that because i'm like i wonder like if he had the same opportunity like what they could have done together yeah and, like what yeah. like the bit like just how much better everything would have been uh -huh. not we might have got it was bad, hey, hey, hey. But... we might have gotten him instead of jack nicholson in <clears throat> in anger management Ooh. That's a hot take, <laughs> but that would have been perfect. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, imagine if Chris Farley had done like the movies you said we were he could have been in, and like it just two thousand. It would have been in every and, time I watch Grown. In, yeah, again, no dis in their prime. Mm -hmm. No like, disrespect to Kevin James, but every time I watch Grown Ups, I'm like, that should be Farley falling off the falling off the rope swing. Right, and like it's just kind of a shame because like it's not fair to Kevin James yeah. to say that, but like. You don't have to. You also don't have to put him in spots that Chris Farley would have done. Like, yeah. But he doesn't have to do the because I'd never thought of Kevin James as like a slapstick dude. It's like right. Like he like didn't that do that in him. like that. That was not. That wasn't him in like King of Queens, right? Like no, he wasn't he was, like he wasn't he was like a Dick funny. Van Dyke or I something, like, right? I like him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's funny, like, but uh -huh. but like yeah, when you when you start giving him Farley spots, I'm gonna yeah. quote him and say that's when it becomes like a oh okay that's you're filling in or you're yeah you're, you're attributing it's you, like you, you could call it homage too like yeah it's not, like so. bringing in it's like Queen bringing in uh what's his face Adam Lambert 
because Freddie Mercury's dead. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like ACDC with like the second singer, and it's like, yeah. no, you didn't replace him because the other guy fucking died. Like, yeah. you can't do that. So yeah. if you want to keep the shit going, you have to replace it, or you, you have to fill in. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say replace, because... Yeah, just step in to... for the... But yeah, that's... Yeah, so that's a really interesting... This has been a really interesting conversation. I knew it was going to be a really good one, like, ramping up to it, but it turned out even better than I thought it was going to turn out, so... Good, good for us. <laughs> yeah, um, how, how, I guess, like, in culmination, like, what do you think, like, to you, what's the legacy now? Like, what is Chris Farley moving into the future? Like, does it, do you think it'll stand the test of time moving forward? Or do you think it's just going to be a flash in the pan? And, I like, think it's difficult. It both, yeah. You know, you know, I think, honestly, the it's hard for any movie. I mean, it's hard for movies to still hold up or whatever. Just the question of, I mean again to answer are we too old for the shit like i honestly don't think so because i mean i think it's just it really just comes down to like the sincerity of the performance like the concept almost doesn't i could i don't really care about you know brake pads or whatever it's just it's just a premise for to set up you know this guy to do what he did best and that's why i feel like his work was so strong and again if you're only going to watch listen to one if you're only going to listen to one michael jackson album you're going to tell somebody to listen to thriller like similar to for Chris Farley, like you're gonna just give him give him the choice cut. Like just watch Tommy Boy. Just you know, just pass it. Keep keep the keep the memory of his performance his performances alive or his abilities as an entertainer, as a comedian, and all that. He he left us one definitive classic, and yeah. classics I think will never get old. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's to be is to be debated whether his other stuff are classics or not. To this yeah. to this point, I don't think they are widely considered classics. Maybe Black Sheep is just because of the lineage with mm-hmm. Tommy Boy. But yeah, just as a B side to Tommy Boy. Yeah, yeah. His SNL performances are more like classic. Yeah, that's in, true. As far as like notoriety and accolades, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, like whatever like that realm you want to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like you know, just the underground or like just the maybe the hardcore folks, mm-hmm. I think um, I would hope that you know they, he doesn't get forgotten i don't yeah. think he'll be forgotten yeah um, for sure especially at least with in people like, like sandler com- comedy circles for yeah. sure for sure yeah and his brother's out there doing stand-up and you know oh. it's, it's it's there's a lineage that you know is a it's just unfortunate it's an unfortunate thing but um yeah uh i i think his legacy will continue to thrive because i'm very influenced by what he did yeah for um, sure even with like there's a fearlessness to it you got to respect that shit yeah yeah so i am not too old for chris farley and i don't think i'll ever be neither Um, neither am i even once i'm 35 years old divorced and living in a van down by the river you'll be hearing his voice when you're living in a van down by the river precisely he'll live with me forever so you know as far as the entertainer definitely one of the my biggest influences and like role models yeah yeah that's up there that I wholeheartedly agree. So yeah, man, we are definitely not too old for this shit. And um, new intro, no new outro song. Activate, Bing Bong. Activate.